All right. So it says the event is starting, but I think that we're actually live. I'm not Woody, positive. Woody, Woody, we got to do this right. Uh-huh. Are we live? I think we're live. I don't know if we're live. I can't tell <laughs> yeah. if we're live. Does anyone know if we're live? Somebody, <laughs> Somebody tell us Somebody if we're live. Somebody tweet. That's like, can't turn on Skype. We'll get hacked sword. That's the new <laughs> I got to put a nice shirt intro. on. Woody's got a green shirt. And yeah, baby. He's got a nice shirt and tie, but other... Victor's got like a shirt from like a 55-year-old man. My grandmother bought me this shirt. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Are we live? Good change shirt. I. I. I don't know. <laughs> we uh, should be live. We should be. It says, "Please stand by." Oh, we're live. Soon. We're live. We're live. I can see in the preview player that it's working. So they they might be extra far behind us, like a good twenty seconds behind us this time. But we're uh, live. We're live. Okay. All right. Why did wings leave? I think it was getting because the show is starting. <laughs> the show started. We're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Bye. Later, bitches. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I got one person says, "No, we're not live." DJ Beard Swag and Bio Ray says, "Yep." <laughs> yes, we are live on my end. I'm seeing us live right now. Yeah, I see us now. I see us now. But I, where okay. the wings? What? How do you leave at the start of the show, wings? That's great. <laughs> Oh God! Unsub Woody. This is ridiculous. This is. <laughs> I didn't even see him leave either. He's just gone. The funniest gone. part was because before he He's got like in a here, we were a hundred pound ninja. He just <laughs> <laughs> he threw a smoke bomb down and disappeared. It's vanish. <laughs> he just he's just gone. There's no there's no telling where he could be right now. And then soon there'll be a puff of smoke and he'll return. He'll he just return. he just yeah. got it in his head that he's like, I need to put on a nice your shirt. Screw, damn the show starting right now. I'm going to go do it. Is that I'm what gonna, happened? Did, did my shirt intimidate him and force I him off the show? I think that's what he said. The yeah. first thing he said yep. is yep. like, yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all spiffed out now. Right. Alright. <laughs> Lumberjackus Maximus. <laughs> all right. What are you in front of me for? Because you left. <laughs> you're like, just like, we're like, okay, the show started. We're like, and... alright, we're live. And your response was... <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do it, baby. <laughs> Wings, I love you. <laughs> Is that a bag of trash in the background there? Are you talking to me? Talk the drifter. Oh. Uh, this is actually my elite gaming chair. Do you want to see it? No, I'm talking about behind you in the hallway. Uh, that is all of my wife's crap. She's setting up her craft you room right now. You have a wife? Now. Yes, I have a wife. I am uh, married. How old are you? I just turned 25. Dude. Wow. I would have for you, 14. Man. Yeah, if, if you told me that you were 16, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I was like thinking. To see my wife? Yes, we want to see your yeah, wife. I do. That. Go for it. <laughs> hey, is, is, he, is he whistling at her? Drifter wins life. Drifter no, wins no, life. I got that too. I could whistle. Jessica, the internet wants to see your dog's wife. Dude, if if I whistle, my wife will come. You want to see it? Come, you're cool. This is my wife. Hey, hey. bend down so I can see you a little bit. Nice to meet you, Drifter's wife. Hi. Drifter's wife, how you doing? And we have one other member of the household who is very popular. He has his own show on the Shimmer Respawn. This guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I know him. He's the yeah. dog that has trash talks all the trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the dog that talks trash on the Shimmer Respawn. Uh. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. You know a bad thing? I know the dog more than I know Drifter. <laughs> well, All right, okay. PDA, I think PDA may have gone a little bit too far. 
I mean, no. we're okay with seeing the wife and talking about her, but the the peck on the lips, I don't know. It offends my sensibilities. Does it? She's really? Chinese to sit, right? Oh, of course not. Dude, you have <laughs> not begun to scratch the surface of my sensibilities. Oh, I have no sensibilities. I have no filter either, so you go, excuse me. For a, second, you, for a second, I thought you all were saying sensualities, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. First topic of the night, Sandy Hook Conspiracy. Who oh, wants boy. to talk about this thing? Fire <laughs> it up. Let me – well, let me Wings, start. Wings is going to have plenty to say, yeah. Well, yeah. Wings has got plenty to say. Um, kind of, I just don't want to dig too deep into it because I was kind of hoping to do chaos theories this week on this. Um, <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the conspiracy video. I've seen that news report, and I've seen Woody's video trying to debunk a conspiracy video. Dude, I could debunk the shit out of it. I didn't do it in my video very much, right? <laughs> get your debunk on. Yeah, I, let me get some of my debunk on. First of all, the website for the fundraising effort is older than the event itself, right? The actual truth is this. That website was repurposed. It was previously a United Way website, and they took donations from there. In an effort to get something sort of quick and dirty, they took it. There is still United Way source code, you know, if you view the HTML source, on the Sandy Hook Relief website. And um, you know that is why the website is older than the thing. The same thing is true with the Facebook page. It was repurposed, and Facebook timelines are muddy, man. You can't tell much going on by them. People said the coroner wasn't properly upset and crying or whatever. Like, he laughed at the crime yeah. scene or something like that. And that was proof that he was sort of in on the gig, that you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't real. Like, this coroner, oh, why would he laugh at this if these children just died? I've got you're an explanation. Not, can I interrupt you here? Before? Almost soon. So, <laughs> but well, because if you keep going, here's what's going to happen. Oh, Woody owned wings on this subject. No, but dude, you can own me after. Let me just, I'll do one I more. don't I'll need do to own more. you because we're on the same page. Okay, okay. So uh, the coroner, right? The, here's the truth behind this, right? If your job is dealing with dead bodies and murder victims day in and day out, you get desensitized to it. Now, it's not surprising to me that these people in the face of tragedy are able to laugh and smile while doing their jobs. In the same way that reporters, when they see them, like, if, if they, if the reporters are like, dude, this story's awesome. It was a head-on collision. They flew through the windows. We're going to get some, you know, incredible video out of this. It's going to be, you know, it, it, if it bleeds, it leads. We're going to, it's going to be the top story. They're like giddy that. about it, right? They're giddy about it, but, you know, it's because they're hardened to it. It's because they're journalists. They've been doing the job for 8, 12 years now, and they no longer see car accident and think, oh, my gosh, the personal tragedy. That's why coroners were able to, you know, not be tearing up at yeah, the scene. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well, sure the coroner's seen mangled children before in car wrecks and stuff uh, okay. like that. While, while you all may be technically correct about this, it, sh it would be good to say that that is definitely not an appropriate emotional response regardless of your occupation. What is? I, I think that he laughing at laughing at PG uh, is just something somebody made up. Uh, yeah, well, there's a difference between uh, laughing later as a more therapeutic thing. You really and laugh, then, like, and then like you show up and like dead children. That's the funniest shit I've seen all day. That's it, not he didn't he do did. that. He didn't do that's that at all. It looked to me more like a nervous type. He of laugh. more. He more like uh, and, he was like. Hey, I well, don't think know. about this too. Like, I mean, this this could be a broad generalization, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of the people who end up being coroners. Probably weren't like captain of the football team and you know, had 500 people at their lunch table. So he probably maybe you know not used to so much being around large groups of people as opposed to large amounts of dead people. And I'm sure it, it seemed to me like it was nervous laughter, not so much. You're like, trying to wow. say he's an eccentric, Eric? 
I, well, I don't know. I guess on some level, if you if that's your profession, you're kind of eccentric, sure. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and nervous laughter or genuine laughter or whatever you have on there, I think the general idea that you don't react to death in the same way when you work with it every single day, day in and day out, than you would if uh, you know it was foreign to you, is is still on target. So you know that all that press that and oh, I, I in the video I show they took a picture off this family's Facebook page and just said. They're actors. They work for Homeland Security. You can't just say stuff. Like, you know, that was completely morally unethical. Unethical? Unethical. unethical. And the first thing I did when I saw that picture is I looked at the carefully and I was like, are they the same people? They really are the same people. Do they have a point here? Of course they're the same people. Just because you put text under it doesn't mean you've proved anything. <laughs> and it, it's hard for me to disprove that one in the same way that, um, that I did like the United Way website because – uh, it's hard to prove a negative, right? Like I, I can't prove that your pet goldfish doesn't fly around the room when you're not there. That's the same thing. That's that's the religious argument. Prove to me that God doesn't exist versus prove that He does. And that's what you run into with a lot of conspiracy theories. It's like, okay, what's your alternative? What really happened here? And the conspiracy theorists, they won't have a unified answer. There'll be like different factions that believe different things in different ways. And this person was involved and they did it for this gain. And that there was this big shadow uh, conspiracy of cabal and people that were silenced. And it usually just spirals out of control, something too difficult to keep all the loose ends on. And uh, I think there was a quote from Alan Moore that said that he thought that conspiracy theorists were more optimistic than the normal person because they believe that the world is under control instead of the fact that it really just runs rudderless out of control. Hmm. Yeah. So on that, you can't prove a negative. You know, I, I can't prove that they're not actors, only that they're still, you know, being around and people know them and they haven't been outed as, as actors yet. You know, only one crazy person. And also, I can join the Screen, screen Actors Guild before the end of the show, probably. <laughs> if you go to the Screen Actors Guild website, there is a – because they're a, a union and they accept dues. And if they're like, hey, I want to pay dues, they're like, okay, are you an, really an actor? Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever been accused of conspiracy theories? I've been accused of being in the Illuminati a few times. What about you guys? I say that yes. I'm in the Illuminati yeah, that's, because that's, that's what everybody awesome. says why we haven't done Illuminati on Chaos Theory yeah. because we're a part of it. <laughs> you know, I, I saw another comment. I saw another comment that said, "Well, they're both they're both with Machinima, and Machinima is part of the Illuminati, so they're bound by contract to not discuss the topic." <laughs> Clearly, Clearly. And the, oh, man. I don't right, know. What, if you what guys, about the Facebook? Wouldn't the Illuminati be like blood in, blood out, and then like Machinima being part of it be, would not matter nothing to me? Yeah, if Machinima was part of the Illuminati, yeah, then maybe I wouldn't be getting a crappy contract coming my way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, here we go with this. The, the premium ads would be all over us. You can get a no percentage of that ads. damn yeah. premium ads. Not to flat rate. But here's the thing about disproving individual uh, conspiracy theory, you know, points of conspiracy theories. When you're talking about uh, nebulous topics or questionable topics, I, I think we rational skepticism, it's, it's on it's, – easier to, or the way I approach it, I guess, is that I look at the possibilities and assign probabilities if I can, but if it's easier and more reasonable and probable to use a, a, one version of the universe as opposed to another one, why would you ever want to use the more complex, cumbersome one? You can create, I said this in my video, you can create a model for the universe where your furniture disappears from your house when you leave it, and then reappears when you enter back into your house. And that that model would agree with observation because when you leave your house, you don't see your furniture. Must be gone. But then when you get back into your house, 
you see it again. Now, the problem arises is that why would you ever want to use that to describe the universe? Why would you ever want to to say, oh, well, not just does my do I not see my furniture, it actually disappears. It becomes a more cumbersome way to describe everything that you see. And so, you know, th- this whole world in which the, the government conspires to murder children and, and, oh, well, they just didn't hire enough ambulances or they got caught, they got, with the CIA operative got caught in the woods, it, that's a really cumbersome way to describe what was way more than likely, to the rational mind, just a crazy guy that had some guns and went crazy. I agree, simply. <laughs> there you go. Wings, man, every show. Just tap it, tap it, tap it. If you're talking about conspiracy theories, the one that I actually believe in, not JFK, if you read into the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination, it seems highly probable that he was the target of a uh, paid murder. I'm Is anybody sure. else familiar with this? I, no. I think you'd have a hard hard time finding anyone who doesn't agree with that. That's, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I I haven't read up on it, so I couldn't say either way. You know, I, somewhere in my in my heart, I feel like John Wilkes Booth did not like Abraham Lincoln. Conspiracy. <laughs> did he have that's, a phone? that's also very underplayed. John Wilkes Booth was ridiculously famous during the day. I saw this on Reddit, but it's an amazing uh, analogy. It would be like Tom Cruise shooting Barack Obama at, at the opening of his new movie. That might happen. Scientology for life, motherfucker. Right. He says the wrong thing. <laughs> the Thetans. They're everywhere. The Thetans. Yeah. What's his uh, name? Oh, I had another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, it, like it related to the Sandy Hook conspiracy. I had mentioned something about unethical citizen journalists, and people had the general idea that I didn't like citizen journalism in general, and that is not true. I love it. I'm completely excited about the notion that by taking the power of you know distribution, what the internet has done for us, and placed it in the hands of the masses, that all of a sudden they. The world can get better. Your worldview is no longer shaped by just a couple of opinion makers. I think that's amazing. The idea that, like, here's the dream, and it hasn't happened yet. Every presidential election, I think it will be the one. I th- I look forward to it being impossible to lie. I look forward to every time a politician says something, it just gets blasted. It becomes YouTube's most popular video. Look at that. Obama caught in a lie. Look at that. Romney caught in a lie. Like, whatever you, you know, whatever it is. I just want citizen journalists, the millions of people with YouTube accounts or webcams or whatever, out there getting the truth out, being responsible, etc. The problem I had was with unethical citizen journalists. And these are usually people who are in favor of gun rights, just like I am, saying and doing anything in an effort to you know, prevent whatever assault rifle bans. That's that's not what I want. I disagree with you slightly. Instead of calling them unethical, they might be just closer to normal because most human beings are likely to lie or fabricate uh, small untruths about themselves or the world around them in order to support their worldview or their views of themselves, and especially people that don't have critical. That's what unethical is. That's bullshit behavior right there, right? Like, you, but you the can't reality, be like, no, I'm normal. I just spew bullshit but, but, but onto they the don't internet realize in an that. effort to prevent people from changing my views of things. But they're not but, trying to be bullshit on purpose. It like doesn't sink in. Like the reality that they could possibly be wrong is totally removed from them. These yeah, but you can't, give them, you can't give them a pass because of that. Just no, you can't. But that's that's where your truth and your lies become obscured. Like let's say Romney this took is a lot not of obscure. For anything. This is not obscure. When people say these people are actors that work with the Homeland Security, I can prove it because I have a second picture of them. That doesn't make it true. You invented in their that mind thing it does. They 
have own. no reasoning skills in their in their mind. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I think it's a terrible thing. But in their mind, it's like one to one. Okay, like no, no. They grabbed the picture off of Facebook, added their own fucking text to it, and said, "Here's your new truth." That's not like journalism, right? That's just propaganda bullshit that they're putting. But it's out the there. way people think. People I can think see both sides. No, there's only my side on this one. Only mine. Wait a minute. <laughs> rallying against people saying spewing bullshit about it's only my side, believe it or screw you, by saying there's only one side to what we're saying. This is one of the but reasons I, I agree with like Woody. You. I think that I think that <laughs> the points that he makes are true. You can't give people a pass. What we disagree, I think, is you you might be thinking people do it on purpose. I don't think people have that locus of control that they I realize exactly both. what they're doing. I think there are both. Well, there obviously there are some very bad people that do it. On I purpose. think you guys are just ignoring the fact that we get hassled for talking about Sandy Hook when it happened, but we have this video created, which was a, the pinnacle of bad journalism on the sparse scenes. Like why do why do we get hassled being you know social you know citizen journalists when the professional journalists drop the ball even worse than us? Also shoving microphones and cameras in the faces of children. Who just of children, yes. I mean, like, why is this still? Why is this considered ethical that the ABC News, Fox News, can come and shove microphones in the kids' faces? Yeah. Well, because he, nobody calls them out on it. Here's the here's the thing about I think you know there are there are some things about this that are a little fishy. I don't think they go as far as to explain a gigantic government conspiracy to disarm Americans. But whatever whatever any of it is, how much of it is true or isn't true, I think what you can all agree on is that the media obviously jumped the gun to get the story and they're trying to protect their reputations and how they look by sticking with some things that may or may not still be true or not just ignoring it altogether. I think, you know, if you remove all the conspiracies, at least what you're left with is you should absolutely have zero trust in what's reported on TV at this exactly. point. Exactly. And and their their rush to report everything is what they, creates you, so first. Many you don't have to be right. You right. have to be first. And that's what creates like drama alert nations. <laughs> that's what yeah. that's what created the, the 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 one the first circumstantial evidence evidential evidentiary point of that video was oh you see this one report from the media that that where there are these eyewitness accounts of it sounded like two gunmen where it's like well what that was the, that was just the media going to air with something that was completely uncorroborated. That's true. Yeah, that's they, exactly it. Like they're. And within hours of this thing – oh, so let me back up a second. What I'm trying to say is there were these reports that, hey, look, there's footage. It only aired on the thing. That was the actual truth, and now they've backed that out, and they don't show it again. The actual yeah. truth is there was a lot of confusion on the scene, and they got some things wrong, like multiple shooters, which gun he used, stuff like what was in the trunk, what was in his hands. Mm -hmm. And then later on, when they got it right, they stopped repeating the wrong stuff. They act right. like that's a cover-up. The truth is, if you just drop people into a school parking lot, they don't instantly have all the facts at their disposal. Yeah. You know, like 20 years ago, you'd get news, and maybe it was going to be a little late, uh, but it was probably going to be accurate. Now, with information being instant, you're bound to have mistakes, and everyone, mm -hmm. you know, what? like what makes CNN better than Fox News, besides politics, as far as you just look at strictly journalism, what's your job is to report news, well, if they can all report your news within 30 seconds on the Internet or on your phone or wherever, the only thing that's going to make you want them more is if maybe they got the first word. And so journalism now is about how fast can we get this story out to people. And does that – can we go a higher order there? Does that speak to the people that 
drink in the news 24-7, be the people that created the market for the 24-7 hour, the 24-hour, yeah. seven days a week yeah, news cycle? Yeah, if there was no money in it, they wouldn't talk about it. And following your uh, news acceleration, in the case of earthquakes and tsunamis and natural disasters, the tweet wave of an event is actually faster than the actual earthquake wave or tsunami in some cases. So people get pre-warnings on Twitter now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so don't forget your phone. If you're in, no, that's Indonesia. not fast at all. The tsunami waves are not fucking They're like 30 miles an hour. Like, it, yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I was in a... <laughs> what do you say? That's bullshit. Tsunamis are pussies. I don't yeah, tsunamis are 30 pussies. miles an hour. What do you damn? The tsunami, I can outrun that. The Twitter tsunami waves have been debunked. Here's, here's the deal. Like, um, there was a, I, I happened to be in Hawaii on this cruise ship when a tsunami was going to hit it. and Or near the time. I forget. Like, there was some overlap. And, uh, like, we had, like, freaking 16 hours warning or something that, you know, there was an earthquake in the water and it's going to come. You hear, like, oh, my God, electricity faster than tsunami. This is crazy. But, <laughs> like, if you actually process it, you're like, ocean waves? Oh, yeah, that's not fucking fast at all. It's like how fast <laughs> surfers go. Like, you know, and they have to travel, like, hundreds of miles or thousands of miles at the speed of a surfer. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the speed of a surfer. <laughs> We're quicker than that now. Yeah, that's That's it. I still think it's kind of cool, despite your your attempts to make it seem not as cool. I think it's kind of a cooler. cool study. Earthquake is. <laughs> Wouldn't being on a boat be the best place to be in a tsunami, though? Farther out, yeah, 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 because yeah. because all the, the energy is underwater. Yeah, yeah. It, it, actually, if you're in deep water and the earth, the tsunami hits you, you might not notice. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't there something like some kind of sonar thing, like somebody felt? The some researchers felt like the most recent tsunami, the one that wiped out wherever it was. Some felt you mean the, the one that killed a hundred thousand people? Yeah, wherever that was. <laughs> um, I remember. So I'm reading the comments as we do the show, and sadly they're delayed from like where we are. But oh. I, so I just read uh, John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln because he couldn't see past his fucking top hat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, they're what, that's like ten minutes back. I don't know. I don't know. Well, People, you can refresh sir, your screen. Sir, could you please take your hat off? I'm the president, no. bitch. I so, can't see the stage. So here's the thing. Uh, some of you, not all of you, are watching the stream. The audio's not in sync. Like, I guess the lips and the audio don't match up. Uh, reload. Maybe that'll fix it. It's the best advice I have because most of you aren't having that problem, only some. And uh, also, I think you can get, like, fast forward in the future if you reload the page. So hopefully that helps. Anyway, are we ready for a new topic or should we? I'm keep... ready. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> how do you pronounce his name, Lefty? You brought him up. Like Mante uh, Teow? Yes, Mante Teow or Manti Teow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the linebacker for uh, Notre Dame. I read about it. Apparently, his fake girlfriend got fake cancer and fake died. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and what it got it like swept the Twitterverse or something? Well, it was this the big thing story? is Man, Manti Teo, the whole thing this this year, he's one of the most decorated uh college players ever. And a lot of it was him riding the wave of him overcoming the death of both his grandmother, which was real, and the death of his fake girlfriend from fake cancer on the same day. That is what the story was, that he lost his girlfriend who was in a tragic car accident, and then they found out because of her injuries that she had cancer or leukemia, and then um, and then his grandmother also died on the same day, and he overcame that, and he did, played really well. I believe it was a Michigan State game, and um, 
he he wrote sure that way. Alabama game. <laughs> no, 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 no. Big angry, big angry black man on his face all game long. All right, hold uh, up. As, as a person who's wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about Mercadurka or Manti Teo? <laughs> no, I, I have a question because I'm so completely ignorant about this. Mm-hmm. Is it his fake girlfriend in that he pretends to date her so that he can date other people on the side, or is it his fake girlfriend in that he faked Somebody her pretending to fake be a girlfriend? Someone pretending and he didn't know. Because uh, those are all different things. We're cl- it's I, there are differing theories on whether he knew she was. Fa- well, he knows now that she was fake. Never existed. Not a real person. Okay. Um, I am of the mind that he knew at some point before all of that broke, before the death, before the fake death, before the all the awards and stuff like that. I'm of the mind that he knew she was fake, but continued because he knew he could ride that wave. Because the reason he finished sec- second in the Heisman Trophy voting was due in no small part to all of this this. Uh, this attention that he got because of his girlfriend and his grandmother dying on the same day and him overcoming all of that. So and, you think he knew that there were these rumors spreading around and decided I, to let them spread because it was to his advantage? Uh, it's not I, unreasonable. Yes, I think it was. I think it was more of a coordinated, calculated effort on his part um, than we will ever know. Because there's uh, there's an interview where he said he got a letter from his girlfriend um, before the Stanford game of whatever year. It was, it was some Notre Dame like fluff piece, and they were talking about how he loved her because she she was believing in God and all this stuff. But that she had already been dead for a month when he said that he got this letter. She had already been supposedly dead for more than a month. Well, fake cancer's a bitch. <laughs> Hard to recover. Oh my god! Now I'm making cancer jokes on something. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is just, damn. That's gonna really ruin the next topic. Hold on. I, I have a new topic. Somebody came in from Twitter. Uh, Luca Barrick two says this is because they're delayed. It says, "Do you believe the Illuminati is controlling the media and that they killed Michael Jackson?" Why would they kill what? Michael Jackson? That's exactly what we're talking truth. about with conspiracy. You know, Why? Michael Jackson one time said Sony was racist because his album didn't sell well. Sony might have done it. Sony's Illuminati? Is that what you're saying? Yes, we're saying Sony's the Illuminati, <laughs> okay. even though they come from another culture. They're the Japanese Sony branch. Japanese. In Japan, there's like no idea that racism is even a thing. No, they're racist as hell. They're just like I, so. When I went to Japan, that was like part of the culture. Like they are very pro Japanese, and mm-hmm. um, uh, like if, short superior people. <laughs> like if, the the story is that like God was making people, and they put in. This is not my story. Please don't hate me for it. But they <laughs> it's put his story. Type it out, let me read it, Woody. Yeah, suddenly I endorse it, right? But uh, they put some people in and they were too dark, so he you know, he threw them over to Africa. And he put some people in and they were too light, <laughs> so he threw them over to Europe. And then he cooked some people and they were perfect, so he kept them with him in Asia. In Japan. Right? Yes. That, that, that's the story. Right. But that's, that's kind of true in Japan there. You know, everything yeah, what happens when the, awesome when the Mongolians and... jumped over the wall in China and stuff? Um, well, that was a whole different series of... I wish I could get my wife back here to tell you about that, because she's Chinese and I think part Mongolian, so she would know all about I that. Nailed it. I nailed it. I told you. Chinese descent. I'm, I'm sorry. I just like to guess. 
I, I like. I like, I like wait, how... wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. Does Wings look at random pictures of Asian women trying to guess which specific <laughs> brand of Asian they are? Yeah, I guess uh, it's a hobby. Hey, Don't judge. You know, is that's it Korean? Korean. Is that one long? That's, that's Korean. Yeah. That's Southern Korea. That's <laughs> there, are, there are differences. There are just as there, long, there's, there's slight different facial differences. differences. Oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I just think it's funny of like instead of like going to like uh, hot or not websites, Wings is going to just random pictures right. of Asian shows. <laughs> He's going to like North Korea or Japanese. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have a buddy that could actually tell you what region of China they would be from. Interesting. Wow. Mm. Unless of course they're all mixed up like we are in the United States. Yeah. yeah. No, I was gonna say I like that version of the God how he like gave himself two mulligans. Yeah, right. Like the Christian and you know the Hebrew God, like he, he just doesn't make mistakes. Everything he does, he he. Well, it depends and... on which version you're reading. I mean, if you get the old like Talmud and stuff, you have the two wives before uh, Eve. You have Lilith, and then I don't think the other one had a name. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Mm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the the, the the Bible, depending on your belief structure, uh, is very very old, and it was it has not been in its exact same form forever. It's been changed a lot. Some of the older versions start out with Adam getting a first wife uh, named Lilith, and she was made of feathers and something else, if I'm not mistaken. And she was considered to be sexually aggressive. She preferred to mate from the top and be dominant. Uh, Adam yeah. was displeased, and God thought that this was unbecoming for his creation, so she was banished from the garden. That would later become the demon Lilithu. Wait, 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 back Roman up, back culture. up, back up. Get, God thinks that sexually aggressive women are bad? If I'm not mistaken, yes. I, there's no, I'm not, i got like a book here. Not so my kind of from yeah, yeah, I can oh, teach God a thing or two. God might be a yeah. virgin, like a priest or something. He might not know the deal. God, That means God's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but but because of this, because of this sexual aggressiveness, Lilith would become the demon Lilithu, which would drink the blood of people, which would eventually become vampires in our modern-day world. That's and who I party was, with. Yes, and then there was a second woman who, if I'm not mistaken, was just deemed unattractive or uninteresting, and Adam didn't want anything to do with her. I don't remember Damn. the second one fight so well. She didn't even have a name. And Did then she have cankles? I don't know. And then when Eve finally came around, Adam found her acceptable, and God found her acceptable as well, and they moved on from there. I mean, that's like one of them. Adam, Adam, only, uh, Adam yeah. only takes the fine prime choice pussy. Yes. It has to be correct. <laughs> well, it's not, it sounds like that, it sounds like all the, the there was something wrong with all the chicks then, because I'm pretty sure Eve screwed up royally, didn't she? Yeah, she, yeah it's her she, damn fault. She's like disease and chain and all that stuff. Go do shit you're not supposed to do. Right. Well, yeah. Wait a minute. So he, <laughs> I always pictured Eve being the chick that wants to talk shit and get your ass beat. Motherfucker, my man whoop your ass. So Eve had you sex with her own kids, right? Did Eve, Eve had um, sex with her kid? That's, well, that's the thing, right? So Adam and Eve had, had two boys, Cain and Abel, yet <laughs> they populated the rest of the world. So right. uh, Even worse, Cain was banished because he killed Abel, and he got a, he got a mark placed upon him so that no man would uh, cause him harm lest they re- receive revenge sevenfold from God, and he went to a far land. Some people take this very literally, and they believe that the mark pa- placed on Cain was that he was made black and sent to Africa. That is a theory that I've heard many times growing up in Mississippi. It's a wonderful little theory. Drifter. Yeah, but then, you, but, then you've got, but then you've got Abel and... Just Abel, and the, where did the women come from? Well, I mean, uh, like you said, there's there's you, and then there's mom. And uh, y- even if you get one extra woman in there, how f- or two or three, how far can you go before uh, relatives bump uglies? I, I think you did got one generation. <laughs> well, right? you are from you. Yeah. You do reside in Mississippi, or you did grow up in Mississippi, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so Woody, this, this down is, is religion is still valid. It just happened in the deep south. 
The Garden of Eden was in Kentucky. <laughs> West Virginia. West no wonder the Bible's so strong there. It's in yeah. the Come on <laughs> into the garden there, honey. <laughs> Woody, that this lion is... was actually uh, like a you know a pig or something. <laughs> Woody, this tweet is for you. You could lend your expertise. Somebody asked me, uh, Warlord on Twitter, he asked me, what's worse, fake nuke or fake girlfriend? Oh. Ooh. I know. Huh. Fake nuke. You know, there was a fake girlfriend scandal. Did you guys hear about that? It was like a year old on YouTube. Hmm. You're not so Philip DeFranco covered it best, and I'm, I'm I know I'm gonna I get the names forgotten, so that's that won't be wrong. But um, <laughs> this guy was like constantly hating on I forget if it was a girl or a boy uh, YouTuber, but in an effort to say like how awesome he was, he he would post pictures of his girlfriend. And, you know, just, like, repeatedly, girlfriend after girlfriend, like, you know, she was, mm-hmm. and the girl that he was showing pictures of was beautiful. Well, it turns out, re- they were, no, it wasn't, no, no, this is outside the gaming community. This is in, like, the vlog community. And uh, the guy, the girl that he was bragging about, because, you know, that's the one he's shagging, uh, she was, like, from Stock Photo, and she was a model. And, <laughs> and she didn't know him at all. And eventually uh... she took to Twitter, and she's like, stop saying I'm your girlfriend. I don't know you. Knock it off. And, uh, you know, of course, he used her as, like, the foundation of how awesome he was to issue, like, this hate campaign on someone out of jealousy or whatever. And when he got exposed, it was glorious. So how can you hate on somebody because your girlfriend is so hot? It's like, my girlfriend is so hot that I'm better than you by association, and therefore you're garbage? Exactly. But it's my imaginary girlfriend is so hot, therefore (laughs) I'm better than you by association. (laughs) This is almost as great when girlfriends (laughs) pretend to be pregnant. Yes, very fun. <laughs> Look at the face on Eric. <laughs> you had a, a no, I just that's an ex girlfriend. Wait, 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 wait. We have a, the story time here. Your ex girlfriend pretended to be pregnant. Wings of Redemption bringing the topics. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. That didn't happen to me. It's supposed to be something that's it happened to me. You know, then, yeah, yeah, then, then a girl exists. Then a girl pretends a baby exists. That that is outrageous. That that would be. That's like crazy face area there. Oh, I was just kidding. We're going new topic. I got one. Oh, all right. Okay, damn, you're like, oh, you're like, motherfuckers actually bring something to the table. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This this is in the news, but I've always wanted to talk about this, and it's kind of dull. But Lance Armstrong, he got stripped of his seven tour de France. I had that already. topic already. Good. But all right. Did he, he was, did he get formally stripped, or is he on his way he to on, the strip? Oh, he, was, he was stripped. He, he stripped, yeah, gone. he's formally. He, what happened the, is, from his there's story. There's like seven people just magically got the Tour de France victories. <laughs> they right. did, they did. And I'm sure they're all doping, the too. It's yeah, like, they're, yeah. they're all doping. And, and it was the French agency that did this, because at one time the U.S. anti-doping agency told him he was going to be stripped, and he was like, lol, you don't have anything to do with the, the agency in France, so I, I don't really care. But the parents, so the, the, the French got in on this as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's The also banned him from competing in elite triathlons. Yeah, he's done. I, I, he's done for life. I don't, I don't see why they stripped him. I understand he was cheating. I do understand he was using performance-enhancing drugs to help him with his workout regimen. But that does not stop the fact that he was still working out. He was still training. He was still conditioning himself to the yeah. point where he could but ride a bike that pissed I'm stuck because I think he was only sort of cheating. I think he won all those titles on a very dirty but level playing field. I think right. everyone in that there's mm-hmm. cycling especially at the time he was winning those was the most 
dirty, corrupt sport out there. You know, everybody was doping. The entire team that he was on was doping. All the other teams were doping. Probably 95% of these guys are rumored to have been doping. And for him to win against all the other cheaters tells me he's the best... Yeah, guy but, in the game? I don't know. But, it, but it, it bugs me. And, you know, I, everyone's, like, mad at Armstrong now. Oh, he's ruined his this and that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all, bro. Like, you know, I enjoyed watching him race. Did, he kind of won Clemens get, Didn't Clemens get hit with steroid uses? They're not taking shit from him. Well, his his uh, his – his case was different. He was in a per- he was involved in perjury charges. It was extremely hard to prove. He he took steroids. I mean, in the yeah, court of like, public opinion, I, he took steroids. I don't no. see Barry Bonds getting an asterisk on his home run record. Yeah, a lot of people want to do that but too. Didn't, but didn't he testify? Wasn't he the guy that spilled the beans? So they give him like some leeway. That was Jose Canseco. Yeah, okay. The problem with with Armstrong is they had to make an example out of him simply because of the fact of how many titles he won. So you know, I think if he had only won once. Or maybe he'd gotten away with two of them, but he he was the name of the sport. I mean, he pretty well, much, he destroyed people. Like he beat them by like he, he was football yeah, fields. He was an athlete that transcended his sport. Right? He became something bigger than just a, a guy who wins the Tour de France. But, he, but not entirely on his own merit. Here's he was the thing. With steroids. Here's the, I agree, it's a dirty playing field. But he, when you dope, you it's like forcing your body to grow muscles and do things. Right. But what I'm steroids not really forcing your muscles down. though. That's why they took Depending on what you're taking, but a lot of weird. I was under the impression steroids gives you the ability to work harder, longer. That's right. Well, some of them do. Some of them increase muscle growth. So basically, you just give yourself more energy. It's like taking a Red Bull to the extreme. Uh, you yeah. can go to the gym and you can kick your own ass and then do it again tomorrow. Yeah, it, your your stuff heals quicker. HGH can allow you to grow more muscle quicker. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't give you muscles. It just allows. Well, man you to... still has to put the time in. He still has to build build those muscles. Mm-hmm. He still has to condition. He still has to race that race. If if okay, he, exactly. if. If he was, if, if it had basically come out that, all right, this guy was a doper and everything he did, and they let him stay intact, it would have taken the sport down. They, they well, The reason they did what they did was to try to salvage this sport's reputation in some way. And they were advertising dollars. Who wants to advertise for a bunch of dopers? Right. It was just about Michael like, Phelps, he got caught smoking pot, and they're like, oh, lose all your contracts. But yeah, here's the but, thing about Lance Armstrong. It's For me, it's not about the Tour de France. I don't give a crap about cycling. What I care about, he's a genuinely bad human being. Is genuinely he? awful person. He destroyed people. Anybody that he blackballed so many people from his own team because they refused to cover for his doping. He, an old masseuse that was going to talk to some magazine about how she saw him doing blood transfusions during the Tour de France and stuff like that. He went into, he did an interview and called her a drunken whore. That's he fine with black, me. You know he what? Blackballed and All right. ruined people. So let's yeah, pretend but, I'm and, Lance. And Livestrong is a sham. Livestrong, the charity, is How, an absolute even, sham. Even if all charities are generally shams, but even if that's <laughs> for a fact. <laughs> How many people did he empower that actually have cancer and are fighting through it though? None, because yeah. Livestrong. You can't say he's Livestrong does. He's not talking about the charity. No he's talking money. about the people that. I'm talking about Armstrong just the idea of a guy with cancer going out there and winning yes. Tour de Francis. That that's that's but does the ends justify the means? That's completely unknowable. That's a completely question. unknowable variable. There's no way to quantify that. None. You could, well, you could ask people. You there, could there are, to everybody. Right, right. But you know what? You know what also does work? The 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 cancer research foundations that give actually eighty five percent of every dollar donated to cancer 
cure research, not live strong and all this crap that just gives branding that just allows Lance to secure personally um, lucrative deals. And also the difference between Livestrong.org and Livestrong.com. Lance kept all the money from Livestrong.com. So wait a minute. All of it. I'm looking at Livestrong on Mm CharityNavigator.org. On a scale of 1 to 70, they are a 64.24 overall. And no, that's really good. They <laughs> no, 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 no. Ameri- <laughs> the American Philanthropy Institute did a study about this. And they, ranked- they ranked them on zero to four stars, and they got four stars. So The, the American Philanthropy Institute did a completely different study. I've never heard of them. Like, I know Charity Navigator. I've never heard of the, the American Philanthropy Study? Institute. The American Philanthropy Institute. And what did Are, they is find? this one of those, like, surveys where they ask, uh, like, 4,000 people? Was they something? found that... Although Livestrong, the Livestrong Foundation raised, I believe, $24 million in a calendar year, they spent they spent $45 to raise every $100. And they gave no money, absolutely zero, to cancer research. Yeah, but Lance Armstrong would tell people that Livestrong is promoting cancer research, etc. No, no, no. They're promoting branding and salaries and trips and speaking engagements, allowing Lance but Armstrong... They are, but they, technically, they are promoting cancer research, even if they're not giving money towards it. Yeah, that's the loophole how you, people get by. That's like Ooh. how the, the For the Cure thing gets by, even though they... Where did their money go? Money. It doesn't money matter go? where the money went, but the fact Board is, it gets more aware. So, um, so none of the charity money went to any sort it of. Went to Lance Armstrong's pocket, most likely. No, that's not true. I'm, we're on, we're on a hating different. parade of nonprofit no, no. organizations. Like, here's here. the thing: I'm looking at this, and they're saying that it took 10 million in solicitation costs, and they brought in 22 million in contributions. And they're like, "Hey, that's not very good." But the thing about Livestrong is that they sell a lot of product, right? I mean, there's Livestrong bicycle jerseys and t-shirts and shorts Bracelet and stuff like that. that. It's not going to have the same profit margin as companies that don't sell anything, that, that just, like, you know, give me money, right? And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, like, words in exchange for dollars. These guys are selling clothes and shorts and pants and whatever. Sure. They're not going to have the same, like, fundraising ratio. I'm not well, I'll, seeing... I'll play the devil's advocate here. I, 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 I think that they're an okay charity just because I don't know anything about them. But if you were a dirty, scummy person, if it was me and I was a scumbag, what I would do is I would have my brother-in-law or somebody that I know own this shirt factory, and he would make me some imaginary quotes about how these shirts cost $15 to make when in reality they cost 7 And then when the, when, the, when the difference came due, we would just split it up amongst ourselves, and it would look the same on paper. <laughs> All right, I, I, I need to I start a charity. That down. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, start a damn charity next week. I guess I'm not saying that's what happened, but if I was a douchebag, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> yeah, there's... I have not heard that Livestrong was not legit until Lefty said it. Like you're the first guy to I've that I've heard level that criticism against them. And and you know why? Because Lance Armstrong sues anybody that that writes about that. He got Here's five million dollars. Like, like, if, if I'm Lance Armstrong and I'm the greatest cyclist to have ever lived, and I'm with teammates and masseuses and all that that were my friend while I was the greatest cyclist that ever lived. Now in retirement, I'm triathloning and banging rock stars or whatever it is that I do. All of a sudden, my masseuse wants to come out with a tell-all book. Screw her, man. Like, that's not cool. The notion that suddenly I should be like, oh, yeah, dude, get your money. Drag me through the mud. That's not – you know, I don't think that he's obligated to let people just freaking be the locomotive on the hate train. Sure. I agree with that. And it's like not like she she didn't have a financial incentive to do it. Yeah. It, if you're my mm-hmm. ex-teammate, right? You know, we played together or whatever, you're – 
you know, like, whatever, we were teammates. You know, you probably were way more successful than you ever would have been if you were on some team that wasn't with me, the greatest cyclist to have ever lived. And now, in our retirement, you want to write a book about me. You want to do but, interviews for 12 yeah, I grand. But then what about the guy that he blackballed? to say about that person either. What about the guy, the teammate that he blackballed because he refused to cover for Lance Armstrong's doping? What about the guy he blackballed from the sport, told uh, sponsors and, and other governing bodies, do not talk to this guy or I will have nothing to do but with But you him. don't know the whole story. The there could well, be something else to it. They write about it all the time. They write about That's my question, too. Why just stab him or something if yeah, it was wh- that bad? What is the rest of the story? Like, you know, the guy blackballed? Well, is it the situation I described where, you know, like, look, we were teammates for a long time, and now all of a sudden you want to whatever, further yourself by dragging me through the mud? I if that's the case... The- Blackball, blackball away. You've and, got. You're in the and, clear. And how do you know that at some point, like Lance didn't cover up for this guy doping, and now he just wanted him to reciprocate, and he was like, "Fuck you." Well, yeah. because Lance Armstrong was the one that secured the U.S. Postal Service all the money that came from the U.S. Postal Service, and was pocketing a lot of it, and got a lot of that. You know what's doping. kind of funny? About thirty, forty-ish minutes ago, we were talking about conspiracy theory nuts making lots of uh, <laughs> building facts upon facts, with or and just kind of getting out there on tangents. Mm-hmm. And now we are yeah. making imaginary arguments on difficult to prove facts and compounding those with different theories about what could be happening. So that's, and that's Lance, the thing, Lefty. That's the thing, Lefty. Like. You know, we're hearing, oh, he got all the money from the Postal Service. I need to see the actual proof. You know, I just heard recently about me that all the other machinima directors were taking pay cuts so that I could get a raise. <laughs> so, you know, it's not true in, like, remotely Are we allowed true. to talk about any of that sort of stuff on PKA, or is that all wrapped up under contract? I just sign no NDA. <laughs> <laughs> there, it oh, is in your contract that you're, you're not allowed to talk about. But... Your contract says you can't talk about your pay rates. It's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But more general stuff out there, or certainly like they're they're doing press interviews, dispelling the lies about me, you know, whatever. The truth will come out pretty soon. But uh, <laughs> the truth is is not what you've heard. So anyway, I, and I was just sort of you know comparing that to this stuff about Lance Armstrong, like you know what he got all the Postal Service money. That seems unlikely. I bet Postal Service got a hundred. I never million said he stuff. got all of it. I never said no. he did. All right, let's back up the tape. <laughs> Who cares if he got all the money? I mean, yeah, the, man's, I, the man's got enough money to fi- buy a Rolls Royce every day of the week, most likely. It doesn't matter. That would no, be... the, the point is, he certainly, he certainly, no. you know, profited a lot. He made a lot of money in different ways. He found a way to profit off of Livestrong, and so if you know, you you want to say that he's a, a scumbag because he found a way to make money off the charity, then okay. you know, there's, there's no way to. to to dispute that, but I mean, I honestly, made all the while cycling. extolling his own virtue. That's what I have a problem with. Not that he made money, but all the while he was trying to tell me that he did it clean and he's so awesome. Of that, that's a trait, though, Lefty. Like around here, we have AC people that will go in there and tell you, you got two or three parts on your AC that needs to be replaced, even though you don't need to replace them, just because they're cheap, easy to flip parts. Mm-hmm. He gets paid that amount of labor to do it. And then he'll do it, and he'll fix it, and be like, hey, tell your friends about me. And then yeah. they'll go on the TV and be like, we're the best in the world. We'll fix all your problems. 
and they're making a killing off of you. This is the way the world works. And pretty much every mechanic that I've ever been to also told mechanics me, too. Same thing. The, the problem I like, I, I don't ways. like that Pride, comparison because greed, there are victims lust. in those other things, right? Like there's victims when your mechanic says you need new brakes and you really don't, or when your AC so guy people says donating you need new money to sham causes would really be don't. a victim. Hold on. Yeah, but, no, wait, 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 wait. We haven't seen Live Strong proven as a sham. What we have seen is it rated as the most reputable stuff on CharityNavigator.org. We have seen the source that Lefty quoted as sort of, you know, being in favor of them. All of a sudden, they're they're not good. No, they're good. We need to see an actual source that we can verify that Live Strong's not good. Because does anybody so far, have Lance Armstrong's phone number? We can just invite <laughs> him in here. He'll just. Well, wait. Kind of, everybody tweet to Lance Armstrong. This. We need some answers. So <laughs> when we say that, you know, Lance is. Bad, Bad, just like my mechanic is, dude. Lance didn't hurt me at all. I watched him. He was on TV. Did it? I don't see the victims in his thing. The only victims he has are counterattacks from people that were trying to stab him in the back. Which, by the way, is a victim I approve of. I just put in the uh, American Philanthropy Institute article highlighting uh, exactly how awful Livestrong is as, as a charity. <laughs> and then here's an article about how uh, Lance Armstrong. Specifically, uh, and cal- coldly and calculatedly, or cal- that's not a word, but was cold and calculating in um, making people believe that Livestrong was donating money specifically to cancer research when he wasn't, um, and it was it's just all about branding. So this is damning. They sold 24 million in merchandise and only had 22 million in contributions. What's that? The article you sent, like <laughs> you know, they sold 24 million in merchandise. They spent $10 million in solicitation costs and brought in $22 million in contributions. That's, right. So that would mean they're... No, no, $20 million, $22 million from outside sources. Not that's what was left over of the $24 million in sales. Um, they brought in $22 million just from people donating on their websites. And so the $22 million is not total income. It's just donations. Yeah, like donations. Okay. Like so like 22 in donations and 24 in merch. Uh, no, 20, the $24 million, I thought that was cost of goods sold. Uh, I think that's revenue in merch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're that you've got the degree in accounting here. I only got the crash course in it. There's, there's only so much here, but it looks like Lance Armstrong Foundation sold over 24 million in merchandise, and they had 22 million in contributions. That, that's I'm not seeing them being damned here. It, it's hard to scan. It's a long but, enough article, but. But then, how do they have 45? Where does the 45 dollars raise raise each 100 dollars? Where does that come from? That's, that would be like the cost of donations. That would be like that, if you that's spend that's the cost of people. That's incredible. That's an incredibly high attrition rate for a foundation for a charity. No, 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 no. That's actually a pretty good one. It. Like, yeah, it's what's one? Every dollar you throw out there, you get two back. Right. It, isn't it like the American Cancer Association? Something like ninety-two out of a hundred, or something like that. Yeah, there are worse charities, but so what? That doesn't. But that doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's worse charities that actually do cancer. They do cancer. Wait, yeah, the American sh- charity. But you're shifting the goalposts here. We're not shifting the goalposts. You're trying to prove this charity, which has a pretty good track record and has oh, you know blue ribbons across the board and has a really, really low cost of operation. Doesn't have a low cost of operation. Six internet wizards tonight are going to talk and yeah. come to a conclusive answer about how <laughs> good or bad this charity is and that our right. word will, we should will be resolved. We should probably change topics. Uh, yeah, I do want to get in. Mike talks. Yeah, boobs, and I talk, whatever. Uh, the American Cancer <laughs> Society, which is what Wings was bringing up, is two stars on Charity Navigator compared to Livestrong's four out of four. 
So I, I, I just haven't seen compelling evidence. Even the the source that that Lefty gave me is saying that. You know, Lance Lance Lefty obviously thinks pocket. Lance is a Templar, and that's that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he's a Templar. That's right. He's Assassin's yeah. Creed. Crap and I'm an assassin, him. and I'm gonna go get him. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, 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 no. Never mind. That might be a credible threat. I'm just. No, kidding. Don't be doing that. Don't do that right there, especially with the Alex Jones shit happening. Let's talk about him. Should we? So we talked about having him on PKA. He's a YouTuber. He might be interested in the exposure. Would he be a good guest, Alex Jones? Yes, he would. Alex Jones. That's a Fox News guest he right there. He would certainly be interesting. He would just scream over us all show long, <laughs> talking about <laughs> wild conspiracy. But it might be I, fun. We could try and debunk it. I never saw – what was this all about? I've seen people mention you, it. You don't know Alex Jones yet? Mm-mm. Okay, so Alex Jones is a Second Amendment, like an anti-gun control advocate. Okay. And uh, his style is really – like he yells all the time. He deeply, <laughs> deeply believes what he has to say. You know, in 1776 will happen again. Freedom will reign. You know, we're going to take down the government, etc. Don't tread on me. Is like that's that's his thing. And he had a quote-unquote debate with Pierce Morgan. Are you familiar with Pierce Morgan? Oh, yeah. A little yeah. bit. So he's a British guy. I think he's British. And he's on CNN right now. And he's kind of leading the charge in the press against guns. So he had Alex Jones on. And Alex Jones, in the midst of his, like, saliva-flying fury, made <laughs> some good points here and there. But the trouble is that you know, when you watch it, all you can really see is one guy sit there listening kind of calmly and another guy with, like, cartoon steam popping out of his ears. <laughs> and you're like, that guy's crazy. And I think that was the, <laughs> that was the general reaction. If you listen to his words, there was half crazy and half, like, solid yeah. argument. But um, – He's not the guy that should be representing the Second Amendment. It's kind of like the Tea Party, whereas there are some some of the foundation of what the Tea Party talks mm. about is valid stuff. It makes sense, but the way that they talk about it is so ridiculous and over the top that they end up spoiling the whole batch of soup. If, if you do get Alex Jones, can you guys ask him about when he snuck into the Bohemian Grove? Because that was very impressive. All the other things he's done, whatever that was, that was very impressive. All right. You snuck in Bohemian Grove and lived? What the hell's a Bohemian Grove? It's like a devil um, worshippers like meeting. That would be the simple version of it. Uh, essentially, <laughs> uh, it's a place that uh, powerful people in the U.S. and U.K. meet. I think it's in California. I can't remember. It's it got some very homosexual overtones. They do a sacrifice to Moloch, and not a real one. They burn an effigy. And it's kind of like a place that all the rich people go, and they take a day off, and they do some sort of under-the-table business. And he, like Eyes Wide Shut? More extreme than that. We're, ta- we're talking presidents and presidential candidates and stuff like that. And what he did, uh, it's got a lot of security around it. Alex Jones took a video camera and walked like 10, 15 miles through the woods and just kind of creeped in and pretended like he was the wait staff and got video and stuff and then got the fuck out of there. He walked 10 or 15 miles in a waiter's uniform? I don't know what he did. I, saw I imagine the- it like hit like two or three years since I've seen it, but it Wait was fucking Mic check. If you guys have no audio, I'm working on this. I'm mistaken. Is it Moloch? Moloch, Moloch. That's like some Illuminati stuff right there. It is. It's very 
No, but he actually snuck in. So if you get him on, you can ask him about that. I'd love to talk to him about that because that was very interesting. The other stuff, he, you know, was more like aliens. They're everywhere and you know, very, very big into the uh, conspiracy theory. But if you're on every single conspiracy theory, you might stumble across something every now and then. Wow. That's... I still imagine like Hitman, where he shows up in like a suit and then he has to take out a wave. Oh, he's back. He's up. Wait. Oh, shucks, I messed up my camera when I did that. God damn it. I was trying to fix the freaking... He's got that real raspy voice, too. I was trying to fix my audio sync. There's enough jackasses going crazy about my audio being slightly out of sync that I wanted to fix it. And now my... Maybe it's fixed, but I don't have a picture and... Well, just put put Lefty up there. He's sexy enough. All right. No, I mean, look away. <laughs> now I'm like, do I fix the picture, which is going to take like a minute? Is it, how much show is there? Another hour? Lefty, you've lost some weight, buddy. Oh, thank you. Working out. This buddy's got a Minecraft sword. I have a Minecraft sword. Oh, and there's Joe. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Put see, Joe Lozon up there. The Minecraft sword again. Joe. Oh, Joe's here. Can we see the Minecraft Hello, sword Joe. again? I missed it. What are you looking for? Minecraft? Oh, the Minecraft sword. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... I whack my son with it. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> It's my favorite Christmas present. It's like, hey, the most bonus UFC fighter in the history of the sport is... Oh, wait a minute, Minecraft sword. We'll get back to the UFC guys. <laughs> <laughs> what Joe, do you got a new scar there? What is that? Yeah, kind of. A little bit of a scar. Uh, yeah. yeah, there it is. Yeah, Next thing you have a cocaine empire... <laughs> uh, dude, I had questions just for Joe. Do, were we in the middle of something? I don't know. I was mic fixing. swords, I think. Yeah. yeah. Super perfect. Stuff. I'm about to start doing the damn uh, Toby uh, Turner song. Uh, oh, oh. So you know what? Let me do a rundown of guests for people who weren't here from the very start. Uh, we have with us Drifter. Hello. We have Chaos Math. Joe Lozon, UFC fighter. Wings of Redemption. Lefty, or sometimes known as Lefty Ox or Lefty Six Four Three, because his just brand bad. His bad. His yeah. He's just worst branding on YouTube. Welcome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then me, just nothing. I don't know. No I'm, face. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Woody the Templar. For people, you know what? Give me ten seconds to explain the camera thing. I was trying to sync up my mic because people were fussing. I reloaded uh, Google Chrome, and then it lost control of my camera. XSplit took it. And now I would have to shut down the stream and start up again to get the camera back on. And I think I might just not. I might just no? let it go. Oh, just let it go. Yeah. Uh, what if you hooked up another external camera? Like you have another webcam somewhere in the house? That's Wait, a thought. Webcam feeds? It wouldn't matter. It's just like I could just... USC 2.0. You find any other webcam, take it off that computer, hook it up, set it up. I mean, it, it might not be as perfectly set up and ideal as it was before, but it'll work. I'd have to reinstall and drivers. I don't know. You know what? Screw it. <laughs> Screw it. I, edge, yeah. <laughs> this show's not all about my hair. Take that, life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, We're going to ask Joe some questions. Oh, yeah, Joe. So should I just kick up? Does anyone? All right, here's the deal. First question. I, I want to know what it's like to win and to lose. You know, w w when you win at that level, is it full elation? Are you excited? Are you just relieved? Are you like, what's going Most, through your head after a win? Mostly relieved. Re relieved more than anything else on a winner or a lose, uh, a winner or a loss. Um, 
you know, winning is obviously this enormous adrenaline dump, and I'm super happy. And all the bad stuff that happened during training camp doesn't matter. Nothing amounts to anything. On a loss, everything that happened during training camp comes back like tenfold. Oh, I wish this didn't happen. I wish that didn't happen. Um, you know, for this fight, I feel like uh, the, the biggest thing I was thinking about after was getting, you know, getting cut up in the first round and thinking about how that must have affected the judges for the second and third round. Right. It, so, I'm sorry to cut you off. For people that don't know, um, Joe Lozano was in a fight with Jim Miller. They're both sort of, you know, the top guys in the toughest division in the UFC. It was a brawl in the first round. You can sort of make out the, the scar on Joe's forehead. In the first round, uh, Joe got cut, and heads bleed a lot. Like, they're just they're fantastic bleeders. They spew. And um, <laughs> so Joe had blood, like, all over his shoulders, his chest. His shorts turned from white to pinkish red. And, um, you know, when you if people who didn't know anything about fighting would think that it was a really lopsided fight. In truth... The judges had it just like I did personally. Joe lost the first round. The next two were coin flips. And then if you look at the judges' scorecard, uh, it was two rounds to one on all three judges, but they disagreed on which round he won. So coin flips on the last two, and then they agreed he lost the first round. That's how that went down. I don't know why I just ran off about that. Is judging really that subjective? Yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, because there's this striking and this grappling. So if you took just boxing, okay, so let's – it's hypothetical, okay? So we have a boxing match, you and I. I land a couple really big dead. shots. Dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> from the death, though. Um, so I land a couple really big shots, but you land a ton of very, very light quick shots. Who, who, who had the better round? Who wins? You know, so I, I landed one big shot, and I hurt you bad, but you couldn't miss for the rest of the time. You know, it, so it's, it, it gets kind of tough just trying to do that. And then you add in grappling and jiu-jitsu. Hold up. I, I hate to break in. I looked at the comments here. It says the guest audio is way too low, and they can't hear anybody but you, Woody. Sorry, Woody. I, it's not, it's, uh, Joe, it's not your audio. It's, like, literally everybody. It's, like, audio is fucked. Restart the stream. Audio I just want to be, like, fucking stream. If you'd shut the fuck up about the freaking audio lag in the first place, why did I ever try and fix it? I should not have touched it. You guys infuriate me with your complaints. All, like, I love you, but God, would you just give me some slack on this? Oh, my God. Woody just went ape shit on the stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is it. No, like it's. Ah, uh, I don't think most people don't have the experience of having ten thousand people fucking complaining at you for an hour. Have you it's like a wonderful experience? Ten thousand people. Oh my god, same comment. Just strolling along, just going and going and going, and it, it gets to you. So I tried to fix it, and now look where we are. And this guy hears everything fine. I. Uh, I don't know. What are you talking about? Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this, Woody is only reacting this way, and I want to say it for for anybody that can hear me, I guess. Whatever. Woody is only reacting this way because there's such a drive there to put on a seamless show. That's uh-huh. all entertainers want is to put on a seamless show. No, no little like pay attention. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Don't break that fourth wall. Moments. That's what he wants, and it's not happening. And so now he's yelling at you. <laughs> you know, when he was working before, you could say, oh, he's doing this part-time. But when he's doing this full-time, this is his job, I would expect a seamless show. Fuck you. You just <laughs> lost a fight. <laughs> I expect you to win all your fights. Get that, huh? Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Actually, it's say, actually it actually says Woody. Mic. It just says your mic is too loud. It just says turn your microphone down. That's what I mean, most I'll, people are saying. I'll turn my mic down, and then you, the listener, can turn your volume up, and hopefully there's a good mix in there. You know, maybe this will work better. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, all right. So were we talking about something? I don't yeah, even. Is Mike, is Mike talk done? I think <laughs> talking about what it's like to win and lose. And Joe Lozano and, was threatening to kill me in a fight. And then there was yeah. the subjectivity of refereeing being discussed. Oh, that's uh, where we were. Yeah, the judges. Judging, my bad. I forget that that's different. Yeah, uh, the 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 ju- I mean, I, a Joe should be the one talking about this, not me. But yeah, they're notoriously bad. A lot of them are not MMA people. They come from boxing or whatever. And some judges are terrible. Like, so I, I had a fight. This is this is years ago. This is probably like eight years ago. But I had a fight, and the other guy was on top the entire fight. He was in my guard. And, uh, you know, guard is when you're on your back. You know, so I had my legs wrapped around the, the guy's waist. Just and say missionary like, position. Everyone knows it. Okay, missionary. So, <laughs> the other guy's on top of missionary. And he's, he's trying to punch me in the face, but he's not doing anything. Like, I don't think he hit me two times the entire fight. Um, but I'm on bottom, and I'm getting really close on submissions. So I'm, like, really close on an arm lock, really close on a triangle choke. I'm really, really close on a bunch of different things, right? And the round ends when he picks me up and he slams me on the ground when I was going for a submission, which you weren't supposed to do at the time. The second round is pretty much the same thing. So all three judges, we're thinking that I clearly won the fight. Uh, you know, he, I didn't get hit at all. He was on top, but he wasn't doing anything. And all three judges give him the fight unanimous. Uh, at that time, it was only two rounds for the fight. Two rounds to, or two or three rounds to none. And uh, so we go and we talk to the judges <coughs> after. And they didn't know what jiu-jitsu was. They didn't know what the guard was. They didn't know what an arm lock was. They didn't know what anything was. And things have gotten better over time. But, it, it, you know, then it was like like an 80-year-old woman with white hair <laughs> from, like, a boxing background who doesn't – never even – she couldn't spell jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And she's judging a fight, you know. And, and it's, it's it hasn't gotten a ton better since then. You know, judges are really bad. That's why – you know, so, like, all my fights, all my pro fights – Every single win that I have, I finish the guy. I haven't won a single fight by decision because I don't fight to win decisions. I, I fight to put guys away because the judges are so bad in a lot of cases. Hmm. Oh, there you. Weird. Like, how do you not bring in like because Woody? I've learned so much about this this kind of fighting just from Woody. Now, if he did, obviously didn't have the fantastical bias that he has now. <laughs> that may or may not be in this hangout, but Joe would finally win a fight by decision if I was a judge. <laughs> that happened with the Olympics too. In the last Olympics, they brought in uh, amateur judges. Like there was a Korean fencing contest, and the oh, not not it was fencing. It was like Korea versus France, and the person in Korea clearly landed a hit, like you could see it. And the person that was judging and working the point system just didn't count it. And uh, the poor Korean person, you have to sit in the middle of the stadium to protest the judge's decision. And she sat to protest, and then the judge reaffirmed. And then she sat to continue to protest and had to be removed by security. And it was a big stink in the better part of Asia and Europe because it was against France. And then word came out that the person that was doing the the point scoring and the time clock and all that was a 15-year-old British kid that was like a volunteer and had no previous experience doing anything like that. And they're like, yeah, sure, you just run all this stuff. It'll be fine. I'm not making it up. Well, you change your entire life for something. You get to the Olympics, and then you get screwed because it's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, well, that's, um, you ought to know the feeling with the judges. Like, jujitsu. what is that? Is that something on the TV? Yep. <laughs> and and the, the big thing is because all three judges thought that because the other guy was on top, he was winning. That was the only thing they were looking at. 
they they pick these judges from like boxing and stuff mainly because of like their like their their code of ethics. Like for example, like they're not the kind to take bribes and their proven history. Is that the reason they use these guys instead of using somebody closer to the sport? A lot of it is just politics. You know, you get these these guys that have been like in Massachusetts. You know, I'm I'm on I'm on great terms with the Mass uh, MMA Commission here, but. You know, for a long time, a lot of people had problems just because, like, they would have – they would talk to the commissioners with, like, it wasn't the best tone. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, nice to meet you, all this other stuff. And they're, they're just, like, you know, talking to them like they would a normal person. And the commissioners would just shit all over you. Like, they would just make everything a tough – rough for you and you have a tough time. And it's just – it's all politics. And, and Real was, redneck, huh? Okay. <laughs> That's what we call that. We call that redneck. Yeah, pretty much. Joe, so, like, I – I know fighters uh, not at the same level as you. Like I know the Kentucky Fighting Champion. You know, <laughs> guys, you make like two hundred dollars or you know six hundred dollars for winning a fight. Yeah. And at that level, sometimes the guys get really emotional, right? There are like tears after a loss. There's you know rage or or whatever. In the back room at the UFC, you know, at the UFC level, are there ever tears there? Are there? I mean, fighting's an emotional thing. Does that ever go away? Um, I haven't cried after a fight you Not, know but but in, you see other fighters waiting, there's been fights where i'm waiting to walk out i'm behind the curtain and my you know my eyes start welling up and like i you know i'm not crying but you know, I, I could in you know the blink of an eye <laughs> uh, you know you, you spend i feel like if you spent three or four months or really your entire life but you know an intense three or four months dedicate 100 percent for one thing you bet i hope that that one thing goes right and losing a fight you know is, is not what you're looking for so there's guys, uh, when I fought Melvin Gillard, he flipped out in the background. He was slamming chairs. He was bawling his eyes out. I saw that. You know? and, and I don't say it to make fun of Melvin. I, I say that because, I mean, it, it's, it's an emotional thing. I mean, you, he, you know, he trained really, really hard for several months. It didn't go the way he wanted it to go. And, you know, and it, it gets the best of you sometimes, you know, and, and it happens. You know, I think that I've had so many fights at this point that I don't really get upset. I don't, I don't ever really get upset about the outcome of a fight. I care about how how preparation went for the fight. I like for this last fight, I know that I did everything, everything in camp went well. Uh, you know, in, in every camp I'm going to get banged up at things, but I prepared to the best of my ability. I had great training the entire camp. Uh, I trained really hard. I was in good shape. Uh, you know, I did everything I could to get ready for the fight, you know, but you know, the fight doesn't always go. You, you can't, you can't guarantee a win. You can only, you know, deserve a win. So I, you fought Jamie Varner, uh, in your second to most recent fight. And uh, in, so Jamie Varner has he's, he has a wrestling background. He has this real good you know like wrestling takedown. If people don't know, you kind of run forward with your head down and hug the guy's thighs and like tackle him. You had this sweep where you'd stick your I guess the top of your foot on his inner thigh and flip him over and get the top position. Yep. Is that just in your game, or did you? Is that like a breakdown thing where you saw like he's got this kind of takedown? I need a counter for it. Like how hard did you drill that? I think you're that was uh, Ricky Lundell came up with that. So Ricky, uh, Ricky's phenomenal. Ricky's my grappling coach. He's phenomenal at breaking down tape and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was something that was very specific that I'd never done that before. Uh, before Ricky came on, we just we drilled that like crazy and we just got ready for it. And then as soon as as soon as Varney came forward with it, you know, we, we hit the sweep and everything went perfect. You know, everything went you know exactly like it was supposed to go. But I'd never done that prior. Really? So that you guys just added that to your game in camp because. Yep. You knew it was coming. Yeah, but but that's one of those things. Like I, I never ever like adding something brand new during camp, uh, unless you're going to add like one or two things and you're going to drill it like crazy. 
you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is, uh, you know, when guys, when corners are in the back room, they're trying to show their fighter something brand new they've never done before. Like a couple minutes before they go off. <laughs> uh, a couple minutes before they go off because it doesn't, it's not going to work. It's not going to translate. You know, it's not going to happen like that. You know, and, and guys think that they can show, I'm going to show you a spinning back fist. And. Who's doing all that muting? It's fucking Who's Drifter, Brad man. Overbay? It's Drifter. He's muting everybody. You're muting everybody. I didn't know that I had control of the stream. <laughs> yeah, when you mute people, it mutes them for... Brad, knock it off. You're muting everybody. Okay, okay. Well, what I was actually trying to do is run tech support, sort of, because I saw all the complaints about the audio. So I was trying to compare Joe's audio to Woody's, and when a key point came up, I didn't want to hear live over that. And essentially, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Woody, you're like eight times louder than the rest of us. <sighs> I'll turn it down. I'm sorry for saying your name. I don't know if that's something. I just <laughs> didn't know who okay. the hell it was. That's all right. It's not a big deal. Everybody knows my name anyway, but I don't like to use it because Brad is a name for douchebags. He's a Templar. <laughs> all right, so I turn my auto down a little further. We'll see I have the coolest goes. name here, so it doesn't matter. Um, Reginald. No. All right, so where were we while he was... Can you be Jordy Jordan? <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, Joe was talking about, I think uh, he was talking about corners in the back. Oh, teaching to, new things. Teach. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's So that... I mean, it should be Joe talking saying this, but the the term is drillers are killers, right? You know, to get something right, you've got to practice it a thousand times, more than that. You can't learn it um, during the fight. Yeah, you know, and guys guys make that mistake all the time. You know, like I see it every single local fight. I always see guys, you know, trying to add something new because you're always there's always something last minute that crosses your mind, like oh well, this situation happens sometimes, you know, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. So what's the day after the fight like on a win and a loss? Like what? Uh, it kind of depends how the fight goes. You know, I've had fights where you know I got you know my legs you know kicked quite a bit, so I'm limping around, so I don't want to move around a whole lot. I've had other fights where, like the <clears> Melvin <throat> fight, I was completely fine. So you know it was like you know it was just you know you wake up with a smile on your face and you're happy and everything's good and um you know so I I always pretty much all my fights I always have to travel, so we have to fly and everything else. So it's always a case of, you know, we usually wake up, you know, nine ten o'clock in the morning, you know, we start heading to the hotel, uh, we start heading to the airport, you know, always have some kind of god-awful flight coming home. <laughs> yeah, so, that must be tough, because even when you're well-rested and you fly, you feel like dog shit when you're done, mm-hmm. so yeah. I just got kicked and punched for... For this know. last fight, to make it even worse, so our flight, so we were supposed to take, a, it was in Vegas, so we were supposed to take a red-eye flight, so we were supposed to get on the plane at like 11 p.m., so it was kind of nice, you know, we had an extra hotel for the day. So we got all leave our bags there. We could shower. We have like kind of like a base camp to uh, hang out for the day. So we do that. We're heading to the airport at like I don't know nine o'clock, eight o'clock, something like that. We get a uh, a text message and email saying that our flight's been delayed to four a.m. Now it's like all right, get back. At, you know, we just left the hotel. Go back to the hotel. Go back and sleep for a couple hours. We left at four a.m. We landed at like noon. Uh, you know, it was just the whole thing was just crappy. You know, so I didn't get home till the, the following day. Um, the, I'm not trying to cut you guys off, but Pierce Morgan, Pierce Morgan, just dropped a big tweet bomb on Lance Armstrong. Oh, like just now? Oh yeah, just now. Same. He says uh, he's gonna have his confession right here in a minute. Okay, well we'll 
Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Joe, I've got a question for you from the chat here. Uh, Jeremy Cassie says, Joe, I recently joined an MMA club and I've been training hardcore for the past four months, and I still have a very hard time uh, trying to get a double leg takedown. What is the best combo or technique to do so? Uh, everything with takedowns is all about the setup. You know, so like it doesn't – your mechanics are going to suck for a while. Uh, so, you know, but once you get good mechanics, it's all about the setup, you know, so it's shooting at the right time. We, we had a guy at my gym, uh, Joe Cushman, he's got the best double leg takedown in the entire gym. And it's not necessarily his mechanics of shooting, it's, it's when he shoots. You know, he just, he's always, he always shoots at the perfect time when you're, you know, you're overextending on a punch, you're coming forward, you're stepping, or, you know, he's just, he's very, very good at it. So it's, it's all about the setup. Joe, how badly could you kick Woody's ass? Like, if you wanted to. There's a video. There's a video of it. You know, Pat, I break his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't intentional. I, I saw the story. It was like he rolled on it, and it was just kind of, you know, osteoporosis or something like that. <laughs> I, mean, I, still, I still say it's someone else who shall remain nameless. You don't, I don't know why you say that. Because there's no way that I broke your hand. You freaking, like, slicered it on my wrist. You're the guy. You're the guy that... That falls and hits his head on something. I don't right? know what you're talking about. He gets a huge scar on his forehead and then says that he was bit by a shark or something. <laughs> that's not true. That's who you are. Woody. That's not. That's you're not. Right. I did not break your hand. You did. That's exactly what happened. And Kyle knows it too. Like you were there. You 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 said this, Kyle. Which limb would you like me to submit him with? And Kyle said his left arm. And then you put my left arm in this freaking bicep slicer move type thing, but it was on my forearm. And it, for people who don't know, a slicer is a pain move. It's usually not dangerous. So one thing you can do is just sort of wait your opponent out, let him know that you don't submit to pain stuff, and make him earn it. It turns out that if it's on your forearm, of course it's not dangerous. But if it's on your hand, it'll spread the thing apart, and your tendons will rip the bones off him. And and that's exactly what happened. I don't think that's what happened. It I is think I think that when you were wrestling around with Kyle, <laughs> you down, and as you based on your hand, you hurt your hand. And I have wrestled with Kyle a gazillion times, and my record well, is a happy. gazillion and zero. The, well, if it goes 30 seconds, he's happy. It, it, so it makes sense. You know, because when you're going against Kyle, it's kind of competitive. You, you're struggling a little bit. 30 when, seconds. When I grapple with you, it's nice and easy. It's nice and easy. It's lots of control on my end. The man you're looking at on your screen is a trained killer, and he'll fuck you up. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, anyone that has better jujitsu could end your life. Just get a yeah. choke. Yeah. Don't expect the tap, and end your life. Uh, typically, when you when you roll with someone who's much better than you, it's safe. Like everything that happens in there is what they intended to happen. So I've rolled with Joe a couple times, and I've left with a bloody nose and a broken hand. <laughs> why, why did you end with a bloody nose? Because you Let's took the. I might have been wearing a GoPro at the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and like Joe's first move was to like grab the GoPro on my forehead and smash it into my nose. Hey, it happens. <laughs> I, I grappled with Nathan too. I submitted him six times, and granted, he left with a bloody nose, but that was it. Yeah. See. See. I submitted him six times. Three minutes. Ah. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Joe, I want to ask quickly. I I don't know if I'm overstepping my bounds here because I, I I only know about MMA from some of my uh, gaming buddies, and we're also big wrestling fans. And I wanted to know. I heard about some commotion about 
like CM Punk is a guy that I know trains with some MMA guys. And there were some people that were upset that a, a you know a fake wrestler was training with you know MMA or UFC guys. Did, have you heard anything about that? Do you, do you get upset when people that don't do MMA or whatever? I'm sorry if I uh, miscategorized, but people that don't do what you do start flaunting the the training of it and you know what uh, they do. No, it, it's not a big deal. I mean, I, I don't think if I said I was going to play some a pickup basketball game. I don't think LeBron James is going to get pissed that I said I'm playing basketball. You know, well, I don't. I don't think it really matters. You know, I, I think that everyone always talks about how all the pro wrestlers are, how it's all fake and everything like that. But there is nothing fake about how those guys are landing and the abuse they go through. And you know, those guys are all phenomenal athletes. So, you know, I think that you know, there's definitely guys that could do well. But to say that just because they're a good athlete means they'd be a good fighter is crazy too. They could all beat me up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, after I can't take I can't take CM hurt. Punk. He's way better shaped than me. He's faster, stronger, all nine. Yeah, but but that's like saying that oh, because I'm a good athlete, I could play in the NFL. You know, I'm a good athlete. Of course, I could play in the NFL. No freaking way. Never in a million years. Way too small. You, you know what kind of piss? You know, you know, I noticed the other day. I was watching the Atlanta Falcons play, and they do these little calling cards coming off, and it shows what school they came from underneath of it. And a couple of the guys on the defensive line, they didn't have like colleges. Hell, they didn't even have high schools. They they had something like Patricia James Middle School. <laughs> oh yeah, I know guys do that. Oh no. <laughs> it's like, how bad do you get a feel to have a guy come in on spring training and make the team over you, and you came from like Stanford or some shit? I think I'd do that if I was in the pros, like everyone else, Texas A and M. I don't care if I went to Florida. I'm gonna be like South Valley Elementary School bitches. I think, uh, I think Jared Allen he does Culinary Institute of America. When they do that, he's like Culinary Institute. Where did he really go? Did he go there? I don't know. Some. I, oh God, I don't know where Jared Allen went. Went to the school he, drunk. These guys you can got do like that, six right? DUIs. You can show up at spring spring training and just try out for the team, right? He went to Idaho State. I just looked him up, but mm. I like that man. Uh, I mean, you can. I think most teams do open tryouts. Some of them do, but I mean, I don't think they're really looking for anybody. I mean, even even colleges that do open tryouts for their sports, they're not looking for. Anybody? They're, they're looking, looking for, for the scout team. They're looking for yeah. like the practice defense and offense. They're looking for guys to carry people's jocks during the in the locker room <laughs> and crap like that. That's what they're looking for. We're so staying here so we can e- see who hits the hardest. Right. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's ever really I, except for punters. It's the weirdest thing. Punters and kickers. They're just like yeah, whatever. I was, you know, I was bartending a week ago, but now I'm kicking in the NFL. No, I'll probably I go back to bartending. That's quite how the it kickers. The, the kickers no, is job oh yeah, I would want in the NFL. Oh, I think who was a, a couple of years ago for the Packers? He was bartending. He was a punter, I think. Well, I, I believe you that some people do, but I, I wouldn't want to discredit the incredible amount of work that goes into punting and kicking because they have to do it perfect every time. It doesn't always go perfectly. Just imagine if, the, if Bryant missed that field goal against the Seahawks last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how much shit he would have gotten for the rest of the fucking year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough job. It, it, it doesn't matter if he hit the other 99 if he missed the 100th one. Right. You're like the worst kicker ever. My grandmother can kick better right. than you. It's, it's the one, one that they don't make. It's the one that they don't make that, you know, everyone remembers. It's the one that makes the, the one that puts you out the seasons the one they remember. Yep. Hey Joe, on the on the fighting thing. So like <laughs> I I was about to talk about my training. It, it makes it sound like I'm comparing myself to you. It's not what I'm going for. But here's the deal. In my experience when 
one guy is way better than the other, it's kind of chill for both sides, right? The, the guy who's winning might be working on low percentage moves or escaping from something he doesn't, you know, getting himself in position just to see if he can get out of it. And the, the guy who's not as good, you know, also knows that he's kind of in the security blanket of the better fighter. But when they're equally matched, that's when they really butt heads. That's when, you know, there's this, like, feeling out process. They're trying to see who king of the gym is or at least king of the session is. Yeah. You got and Joe that, Proctor that, in your gym. Is that getting more serious? You and Joe Proctor, like uh, you guys, sort of fighting for real in the in the cage all the time now? No, I mean Pro- Proctor's like my little brother. You know, um, you know, I mean, I, like he gets so when Proctor and I spar, uh, he gets the best boxing <laughs> rounds, but I have the better jiu-jitsu. I have the better wrestling. Um, he's a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger than me, uh, but I'm a little bit quicker than him. So we we definitely we we battle a little bit, but it doesn't really happen. You know, it's not like you know. Proctor and I are both, you know, neither one of us would ever want to hurt the other guy, uh, you know, especially with a fight coming up or something like that. So it doesn't get too bad, um, you know, but for a long time now, uh, as we get closer to my fight, you know, Proctor's helped me for a long time. As we get closer to my fight, we'll pull Proctor out of the rotation of the guys I work with, not because I'm going to get hurt, but just because it's not good for my confidence. You know, I want to be, you know, like so that sweep I did against Jamie Barner. You know, I did that tons and tons and tons of times. Okay. So, you start out with guys that suck, and you do it well against them a hundred times. Then you do guys a little bit better, and you do it against them, and you slowly work your way up. But like when you're a couple weeks out from the fight, um, you want everything to be going like clockwork. You want you don't want to be having you know too much trouble on anything. You wanna you wanna work for things, but you don't want to have someone get the best of you. So I won't even work with Proctor as he gets close. And the same thing when he has fights coming up, I don't work with him. You know, I'll, I'll be there on the sidelines. I'll be watching. I'll, I'll fill in where I, I need to, but. You know, we're not, it's not a grow up of blood trying to get the best of the other one, you know, right before a fight. Hmm, good deal. Uh, did, uh, did you know Pier- how much it would suck to work for like five months and then just slip up right at the game and get knocked out? Yeah, or, or, or you need to the fight. You know, that there's guys, you know, I rolled my ankle uh, during one camp and luckily I had a couple of weeks so I was able to still fight. <clears> but, you know, roll your ankle, you know, the week out. You know, and then you can't even stand on it. You can't walk on it. So there's no, there's not even a, a possibility of fighting. And you've done, you know, four or five months worth of work, spent thousands and thousands of dollars for airfare and hotels and tickets and, and paying coaches and training partners and everything else. And then you get a big goose egg. So you have all those expenses. You don't make a dime. You so know? you you don't get compensated for travel and stuff like that? Uh, so the, the UFC flies out uh, the fighter in one corner. And then, but after that, you have you have three corners, so you're paying for at least two flights, uh, you know. And then, you know, like I, I fly out, you know, my girlfriend. I fly out, you know, usually uh, one or two training partners that did all the sparring with me, and, and you know, a couple other people. I fly out the guy that does all my video blogs, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'll end up paying, yeah. you know, probably, you know, for four or five guys to come out at, you know, three or four hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, $1,000 just on airfare. You know, oh, that. I got lodging and hotel. I mean, you got to try to get sponsored by an airline. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying. We're working on Jeff Blue. You made Woody pay his own way to Tokyo, though, right? You yeah, didn't Woody, give him a dime. Woody, Woody I hope. paid his own way. All right, because he's making sure people get lower contracts and stuff. And I heard that. I heard, I heard <laughs> that. <laughs> really nice. The actual truth is I got sponsored for that trip, but not by Joe. Oh. So <clears> I, didn't, I didn't pay, but but Joe didn't pay either. Um. Oh, I had something I wanted to ask. The travel. How important is the ring entrance? I know a lot of people. <laughs> a lot uh, of people put stock into that. And talk I, about the stare down too. I, I don't. I don't really do anything crazy. Like, uh, so Tom Lawler trains with me, 
and Tom has the best entrances. You you can you can YouTube Tom Lawler entrances, and he's got a shit ton of awesome entrances. And he, I, I get kind of annoyed with him because I feel like he puts more time and in, in effort planning his entrance than he does his fight. <laughs> um, but he has some amazing entrances. He's done like Apollo Creed. He's done all kinds of amazing entrances. And uh, you know, so he does all kinds of stuff. like for me, it's 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 all serious. It's all business. You know, eyes down. You know, I, I get pissed because. You know, they want you to walk, you know, at, at the pace that they want, and they have a camera guy backing up, and, you know, and he's, he's keeping the camera right here, and he's backing up the whole entire way, and uh, I just want to, like, run right past them, you know, so sometimes I've kind of, I haven't pushed them out of the way, but I've kind of gone around them and, and scooted up on them or whatever, but uh, it doesn't get, it doesn't get too intricate on my end. I, would, I would be more intimidated by the guy who just is serious and just walks to the ring. That would worry me more than the guy who's... You know, I'm not, I'm not here to the stare down stuff because I remember seeing a documentary about Tyson, and he said that's where the match is won and lost for him. Yeah, that guy the same sort slips. Of yeah. That's it. Yeah, he's also got a huge tattoo on his face. So we always talk about you know, uh, you know. So we, we have our the big stare down is at the weigh-ins. You know, so we both make weight. We're both feeling like crap because we cut all kinds of water and everything else, and uh, we're both at our lightest. And you know, so now it's it's a stare down. So you know, you're nose to nose. You're right there with the other guy. That's when, like, the real sizing up takes place. And, uh, you know, it's always just, you know, like, just staring at the guy's soul. You know, looking into his eyes. And you can usually tell uh, who really wants to be there and then who's a little bit scared or, or not. They don't want to be there. They're not excited. You know, when you get a guy, though, that is, you know, dead stare, you know, no emotion in their eyes, that's usually going to be a tough fight. When you get a guy that's, that's trying to act like a hard ass or is scared or something like that, you, you can tell right away that they're just not comfortable and they're not comfortable. Isn't everybody scared? Like Forrest Griffin assures us that everybody's scared and he's just the only one to admit it. Um. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm never scared. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm ever scared going into a fight. You know, I, I think I've just kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. I, I'm, I'm more worried about what happens during camp. You know, I'm, I'm I, I, I brought this up um, on PTO this, this, this week. Um, I've seen one time where uh, Ken Shamrock kind of rushed Tito Ortiz in the ring, and it was like out of like they were both in street clothes, and Tito Ortiz just had no fear. He's like chewing gum or something, just <laughs> smiling. Yeah. Like what would do? What that's is that mind games? What is that? How do you not flinch when somebody like oh, Ken yeah. Shamrock it's rushes? You? It's mind games from the start. You know what I mean? Like I think it's mind games. As soon as you you say, as soon as you sign the contract, the fight begins. You know, and, and there's everything to it. There's so there's so many mental games. Based on you know what I say in interviews, is gonna I, I know that he's gonna that interviews and things that I say are gonna get back to him. Oh, did you hear so and so said this? You know I, I know that's gonna happen. You know so sometimes I'll, I'll tell guys exactly what I plan on doing. Like you know what I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna take him down, or I'll say oh I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna stand with him. You know Jamie Varner, I fought Jamie Varner and, and we stood up for pretty much the entire fight was on the feet, and but he thought for sure I was gonna shoot in. Uh, you know, but I figured that he would be planning on that. So I just kept saying on the interviews, you know what, I'm going to stand there. We're going to bang, you know, I'm going to try and, you know, try and catch him with a punch. And he was 100% convinced that there's no way I was going to do that. And I did exactly that. So he, uh, you know, it's – although all those mind games, all that mental stuff starts, you know, in one. as soon as you sign the contract. It's all right. Have you, have you ever met Tito Ortiz? Is he really that stone cold? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like Tito that much. I'm not a – <laughs> Drama alert. Yeah. Oh God! No. It ain't drama alert. I just, I just that oh, amazed God. me more than anything else to see these guys where this guy's really mad at you. He's got all this fighting skill. You don't give a shit. It's like, what? Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that you're. That's just his personality. I don't think there was anything that you know. 
think he instinctively did. You know, I think it probably just he was just ready for whatever was going to happen. And there was a there's a really good clip of uh, Tito Tito and Ken are at a press conference, and, and Ken says that he's going to beat Tito into like a living death, and it just doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> like a three second delay, and then Tito starts laughing like crazy, like hysterically laughing. And Ken like kicks a chair and it goes flying in the air and the whole thing and it's just it's retarded. You know? I don't but remember Ken Shamrock ever being good at cutting promos. No, not not time so much. of the WWF. He was just always kind of just like. Eh. Yeah, he Ken Shamrock, like, man, I, I can kick Shen, Ken Shamrock's ass at the SATs. <laughs> I mean, they're hired for fighting skills, not athletic abilities. I'm about to say Ken Shamrock ain't that bad of a fighter, boy. I thought you were about to say he'd kick his ass. No, no. <laughs> I thought he was going that way too. I was like, oh, Woody, come on. <laughs> that would make a very interesting PK, like a like a MMA that's break a, in the middle. Yeah, we got to get Ken Shamrock on here for a spelling bee. Yeah, Woody's game of tag. He's all swollen up, and your lip crack. That most dangerous man shit. That's that shit fake. Yeah. Uh, is he really considered the most dangerous man in sports, or is that just something he gave himself? Yeah, I think he gave himself that nickname. It was a TV <laughs> show, though, right? Yeah, that's the kind of nickname you'd give yourself. They're, like he the never dis- won a UFC, and he went to uh, WWE saying he was the world's most dangerous man. He never won a UFC. But the yeah. there was a documentary on him deciding that he was the world's most dangerous man on like Discovery Channel or something, and it added credibility to it. Yeah, Not but that- like Tank Abbott went to the WCW, and he was like 8-8. Eight and eight. In, yeah. the, in UFC. Again, Hoist Gracie had better jiu-jitsu. Hoist Gracie would have choked him in any of his life. The Discovery yeah. Channel is all ice road truckers these days anyway. What, who cares what they <laughs> <Yeah. have> say? <laughs> ice road truckers are swamp people. How's there yeah. five seasons of swamp people? I don't know. I haven't got out of the swamp yet. Or no, there's this, this duck season. I think they're going to catch a gator this and... season on swamp people. So we've got 30 minutes and two topics. Um we still got the drifter topic we got to hit. Yeah, actually, that's one oh, of them. Okay. So, Lefty, you decide. Do we do we cover the drifter topic next, or we talk about Brandy? I want to do drifter because from the beginning, I I saw one side of this on Twitter, and I, I was just, you know, it was like a tangential thing. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? I want to know what happened with the drifter David Vonderhaar thing. I want right. to know. All right, so to the stream, the reason we're not talking about Wings of Redemption's girlfriend is Lefty. All right. So, <laughs> Drifter, do you want to set this up, or do you want me to? Um, I'll tr- I'll try to set it up because it was my show and my problem and my I have my own drama alert thing on the drama alert subreddit. So, uh, for those of you that don't know me, I do the in depth show. I take a gun in Call of Duty, break it down numerically instead of oh I like this, it's best. I'd be like it shoots at 500 RPM, it does 30 damage up close, it kills you in a tenth of a second. You know, very numerical kind of analysis. And uh, on some guns, there's the grip attachment. You attach the grip, and in the game guide, it says it makes it more accurate, uh, both on the little bars and also just in the guide. And in previous games, it did just that. So it comes time for me to do the episode on the grip attachment. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put the grip on the gun, and I'm going to test it the same way that I've been testing it since COD 4. And lo and behold, I got nothing. I tested it a bunch of times. I found absolutely nothing. I did an episode about it. And uh, the last time I did an episode of In-Depth on something that required proof, I didn't put the proof. I just made a claim. It blew up in my face miserably, which is a different topic for a different day, even though I I was right. Um, But I come back to the grip, and I just put up some brief little clips of uh, my test, which pretty much showed two gun plots, left and right, virtually no difference between the two. They're random. You know, you shoot a gun. It's not going to be exactly the same every time. But you'd think that, you know, one, you would see like a big spread, and the other would be tighter or vertical or, you know, something different. Showed nothing. 
started this huge wave of weird things like Drifter's just telling people to use crap, that all the good attachments are crappy so he can keep the good ones for himself. He's not doing his math right, the science right. People start tweeting David Vondahar. David Vondahar uh, is, I guess he's like the new, not the new, like he does the Robert Bowling thing. He's like the face of the company. He's also the developer, who and oh, he oversaw the code and all that. Uh, Vondahar says, uh, YouTube is full of opinions, very little fact. Don't listen to what YouTubers say about the grip. It makes uh, a big difference. And it wasn't just me. There was a couple other people, but their videos probably weren't getting the same level of views. And I was like, okay, well, and the messages just kept rolling in by the hundreds, conspiracy theories, death threats, even weird things. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I tested it live. I tested it MW2, uh, Black Ops 1, and then Black Ops 2 did a lot of different testing live. Uh, all, all on Twitch TV, you can look at it. It pretty much came up with n- nothing. Uh, I found there was only one gun that I could even see a difference on. It was such a minuscule difference. It was literally a matter of inches in the game. Uh, so I put that video up, and then, of course, people tweeted it. David Vonderhaar again. David Vonderhaar responds that the grip uh, affects ADS center speed, which if you talk about this is getting very technical, I know it's super boring. Uh, if you think about the gun in the game or a gun in real life, you kick it, and you shoot it, and it's going to kick up and then come back down. The center speed, how they programmed it in the game, is the speed at which it just comes back down. So if it has a low center speed, you'll shoot it and it'll go and then just come back down. If it's really high, you'll just shoot it and, and come back down quick. Uh, people say that doesn't matter in fully automatic mode, but it does, because uh, if it's slow center speed, it'll kick up like and take up. If it's high, it'll go up a little slower and more jagged. And uh, I talked to David Vonderhaar, and he said that what it actually does is changes view kick, because in Call of Duty, uh, your guns don't necessarily, they usually do because they have hit scans instead of projectiles like Battlefield, but view kick is where your gun shakes. Like, for those of you that have used the AK-47 in previous Call of Duty games, you know, it kicks like a damn mule, but, and it shakes all over the screen, but it's not really that inaccurate. You can you can keep it on target pretty well, even though your sights are a big bloody mess. And he said it changes that center speed. I've eyeballed that. I don't see anything with it. I'm trying to get somebody that has, like, 200 FPS or 120 FPS PC footage to test that out and maybe see if I can do it 4 or 5x slow-mo to see if there's a difference. But either way, the grip does does not increase your actual accuracy and may change your view kick a little bit. And uh, David Vonderhaar says one thing, my tests say another. I talked to him. He was respectful to me, and I was also respectful for him, and I don't think that there would be a drama alert about it. But I think that the attachment is, it feels, I hate to say it's, like, broken to me. Like, it's, I think that it is does it like something. the grip on the shotguns in World at yeah. War? Uh, well, I think those actually made shoot, the gun shoot a little bit faster. But, yeah, it does, pretty much does nothing. Like, nothing – I've taken it off all my classes. I don't use it. I used it in some older videos when I didn't know any better before I tested it. And it just – it seems like it could yeah. be better because you go the back only and – can... Sorry. The only, gun I've, the only gun I found the grip is worth it on is the SWAT. <laughs> Um, that was one that when I tested, it seemed to have maybe, the first time I tested it, I said maybe a small difference. The second time it came up pretty much bunk. Uh, I would just, uh, but I feel like I could shoot the SWAT and the FAL faster with the grip. That's incorrect. It just, not faster. Like, like it doesn't increase the rate of fire, Okay, but because I don't really shoot at the highest rate of fire anyway. I'm talking about continual rate of accurate shots. Well then, what you're you're looking for the word placebo here? No, I'm trying to say that. Uh, are you talking about that your bullets are actually clustered tighter, or that you feel I'm that you're like able the red to dot resets faster? Okay, now that's what Vonderhaar was talking about. What you're seeing is the red dot maybe resetting faster, but the actual accuracy, as far as I'm 
aware of, to the best of my abilities to test this, and I've been doing it for like well, two years. Well, accuracy Call of Duty is subjective, though, isn't it? Because every bullet no, goes no, perfectly straight, no. and there's just a few kick and lift. No, it's not perfectly subjective. That would be like saying accuracy in real life is subjective. You miss or you don't miss, and it's so far away from the target. Like The best test I can tell you to do is go back to MW3, get some light machine guns. I don't think the very first one does it, the LSW, but a lot of the other ones do. The grip does the same thing. It changes center speed. You put a, you shoot a gun without a grip, you're going to get a plot like this big. You put the grip on it, your plot's going to tighten up like that. It's very clear, obvious difference. Uh, Black Ops 1's a little bit more ambiguous because they don't think it's as powerful of attachment. They only did plus 100 instead of plus like 3 or 400 as opposed to MW3. But the reality is I, I try to speak from a position of authority, even though I don't like claiming to be an authority. I've done it for a very long time, and I've tried everything in my ability to prove that the grip does anything. <laughs> And I found virtually no difference. And what's frustrating for me, and I, I, I argued with Optic Nade Shot. I was an asshole to him. And I argued with some other people because people send me crazy messages like, have you tested it while falling? Have you tested it while running? Have you tested it with uh, human control and these kind of things? And it's bad science because you can't design an experiment that in, that allows for human error because your 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 error levels just get so huge it doesn't make any difference. Well, I, the I fact like is, you can't t- if you got to get 200 FPS to, to do an attachment, it's not strong enough regardless. So, exactly. Hold on. Hold I let him, people said Woody stop interrupting drifters, so I didn't. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I think that it boiled down to this. When you shoot on the wall in, in what you're calling a gun plot, the grip doesn't do much. You know, it, the difference is so small that you can't detect it. But exactly. you kick, which is harder to test scientifically, according to Vondahar, that makes a difference. You know, look, the gun is going to look more accurate. Therefore, in your hands, it will behave more accurately. It, it, part of what we do for you when we put the grip on it is we make it easier to use. Yes. And the problem with that is I play on console mostly, so I have 60 FPS. I've eyeballed it on console. I've tried to look at it. I didn't really see a lot. So I'm going to get some higher quality PC footage and look at it. But even the reality is that if you have to get higher frame rate footage and slow it down and do the stuff that I do to notice it, why is this useful? So hold on. I don't, I don't you, want to you be tried the to test the view. Hold on, hold on. So you tried to test the view kick to see if it looked better and you didn't see any difference? I would be lying if I said I did a hardcore test on it, but during the live stream, that's one of the things I was looking for because I did like a freak, like 500 plots that day, and I was trying to eyeball it to see if I could notice a trend or a pattern, and it wasn't something that I could detect with my naked eye. I didn't load the footage up and slow it down, no, but I'm not optimistic about low FPS console footage. Huh, fair enough. I mean, to me, the bigger issue on it was that David Vondahar kind of responded disrespectfully. There was this general vibe of... Look, everybody but me is stupid, and you know, it, don't pay attention to what you hear on YouTube. By the way, I fixed the audio. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you this: as we're talking about the technical stuff, what is your opinion on the target finder? I don't think. I think that it's a little bit. It's a newbie gun thing to use. I don't think it's particularly overpowered, or nothing compared to the overpoweredness of the absolutely ridiculous stuff in Call of Duty games past. If the target finder is your biggest uh, complaint, then you've completely forgotten about one-man army noob tubes and all the other weirds and FAMAS and all that other weird stuff. What, what about like stuff like in Black Ops 1, like Rapid Fire, AK-74Us? I consider that stronger than the target finder of Black Ops 2. Yep, no doubt. And it is. It really yeah. is. And so like, was the MP40, so was the FAMAS. Because it was pro-Russia. 
And I'll also say one other <laughs> thing about the Target Finder. I have color blindness. I cannot see colors very well. That's why Xbox Ahoy makes fucking amazing looking videos, and mine have white text. Uh, also, he has more time. He makes good videos, but I can't see colors. So something like the Target Finder really helps me actually see people on a competitive level. I, and I, I don't mean that as in I see black and white. I just have typical mild male pattern color blindness, so it's not as distinct for me. Yeah, and I, I, my thing with the Target Finder is it's like, you know, nobody nobody really complained about Marksman um, right. in Modern Warfare 3, and it's the same fucking thing. You look at the, the name, and you shoot below the center of the name, and that's the guy's head. Yeah, so little... I don't see the difference between a, a box. I mean, if anything, the target finder is a nerfed version of Marksman because the box mm-hmm. is much wider. With with Marksman, all you had to do was look at, like I said, look at that name and then shoot right below the center of the name, and you had a headshot. So I mean, nobody bitched about it. All it's right, easy too. We're halfway through that last half hour I talked about, and we have got to know more about Wings of Redemption's girlfriend, right? Yep. There's not 15 minutes worth here. Uh, all right. So wait well, a minute. I have a question for Woody. I have a question for Woody, real quick, before we get to Brandy. If if what if Wings doesn't think we have enough, do you get the sense that David Vonderhaar is not really keen on YouTubers? I get that sense. I do. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Really? Even though he was, even though he was nice to me. In, Unless in your tweets. name is Hutch. Unless yeah. your name is Hutch. He, some <laughs> of the ones are are more condescending. But on the flip side of that, think about you're the guy that runs the developing team of a multi-million or billion dollar company, and then there's YouTubers kind of like us that get on here like, this Call of Duty fucking sucks. It's the worst game ever. I hate it. I'm just going to make 80 more videos about it. Let's complain about everything. (laughs) Right, and and how how many more people are hearing what the YouTubers are, are spouting out about than what the developers saying? Exactly. Like a ten, you know, like I mean, like maybe a tenth of the people actually like follow Von Har or even know his fucking name. Never mind all the people who, you know, if they do know about him, it's because a YouTuber said his name. So yeah, like by default, if you're the developer, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. That's all he hear all, all day is people bitching about his games. I think yeah. Von Har does the best job at being a community manager that he can. I think that, um, you know, he, he's not as bad as people make him out to be. I, <laughs> Do I think he dislikes YouTubers? I bet that there are some that get under his skin, and then there are others he actually really, you know, likes just fine. Um, I think that the job of community manager, which is one of the roles that he takes on, is really difficult, and it is completely thankless. And that, yeah. you know, I, I, we're looking at perhaps a uh, a frustrated response to people saying the grip doesn't work well and we're judging him at his worst and overlooking, like, all the times that he's actually given good service. And It's very hard. I wonder why he's ignoring knocking the score up on TDM. He said, he said they had stuff in the game so they could change score streaks on the fly if something didn't work. TDM does not work right now. Yeah, TDM should be, I, I, just off the top of my head, 110 score streak points per kill. You know? No, no, no. It needs to be higher than that. Because they they changed the UAV easily, but it was just kind of across the board. They might put in an across the board change, but maybe not like a a game, a level or type specific one. And I don't know about other consoles, but I know it can cost up to $75,000 to push an update onto Microsoft uh, Xbox. TDM needs to be at least a minimum of 125. I'd like 150 better. I don't know that every kill should be equivalent to a defend or you know a capture kill or something like that. If you make it 115, it's like running hardline. Yeah, but the fact is, TDM is so slow. Nobody can get any kill streaks right now because it's 100. 
literally like a, a stealth chopper, it's eleven kill streak. Yeah. yeah and it's it's tough. ridiculous. Like you know, UAV is a five kill streak in TDM right now. That's that's it's pretty rough compared to other Call of Duties where it was either three or four. Yeah, it's three or four. If it's if it's one hundred fifty points, it turns into a three kill streak again. You know, it makes the kill streaks a little bit more strong at TDM, and it, it it makes it so that more people can play TDM instead of going into other games where they get benefit on score streaks. Like, how many people play Domination, TDM and Domination? I mean, like, it, it, the only reason I play Domination is because all the score streaks you can get. Yeah, I used to play a lot of TDM, and uh, I hardly ever played anymore. TDM's so slow. slow right now, yeah. it's ridiculous. You know what? I hard, point. hard point can be fun. I want to change my mind. Wings made a really good argument, so I'm on his side now. <laughs> flip floppity. Yeah, flip flop whatever. You know, I'd rather flip flop than stay wrong. That's fine. It's hard for community uh, managers. I mean, Woody, you got frustrated earlier about the people saying that the audio was bad and that you couldn't fix it easily. Oh my God, they're so <laughs> you, hard on me. Have you seen? Okay, have you seen the tweets that Vondahar gets about the lag compensation? I, I sent two tweets to him, okay, just like total of two that he answered, and then I got like 50 tweets like, Drifter, since Vondahar actually listens to you, you need to tell him that he's to fix the lag comp in this game where I'm never buying another Call of Duty again. I can't play this game. You talk Dude, about I mean, let, Let's like, talk about lag comp real quick. Oh, my God. Lag comp gets me edgy. When I talk about edgy, I'm talking about up in this area right here. Like, I know that from watching videos and stuff that I have at a disadvantage going back into cover and at an advantage coming out of cover. I use and that. Like, I play get, that way. I get shot it. around walls so much in this game. On the other and hand, like, I know damn well that if I pop out from a wall, I know about that like a second before you do. You know, if I'm working a, a pump shotgun, that is exactly how I play all the time. Because the, their lag is so ridiculous that it's part of how you play COD now. Have you guys seen it, that it, it lags it, in offline too? Yes. Yes. It, it, it bothers me. Like, there's there's gunplay I would use to win on a consistent basis that I no longer can win with this new system in place. It, it, yeah. the Call of Duty has become just as much about popping out from cover, popping out from behind barrels, taking advantage of them getting delayed information on you like it wings your playstyle might be rough to do you know like you're waiting for some guy to come around yeah the it is and like <laughs> right? i first started noticing this in modern warfare 3 when it first started getting you know cranked up i know black ops 1 had a had a, had a version of this but Modern Warfare 3 really got cranked up and it's like i'm getting killed with these guys coming around the corner and i'm waiting on him i'm behind a head glitch yeah dude i've got a red dot and he beats me. I'm like, how the fuck does this guy beat me? That's He's become like, an easy kill fight. now. That's an easy yeah. kill, right? If I know there's a guy in the other corner and I knew, and I start the fight, like I'm the guy that walks through the door to, to kick it off, I win every time. It's like I'm supposed. And it's not because I'm, I'm not talking about me being good. I'm talking about the mover is the winner. You're right. You Whoever like comes around the corner for this wins. And you know what the bad thing yeah. is? Even the people that are the movers generally in their play style hate this shit because if it's they if they if they run behind the corner. And then another guy pops out, they still lost. I've said this a million times, right? <laughs> the mortal sin, the biggest problem that you can have in your game, if you're a single player, for me, is being lost. If it's multiplayer, it's dying when I'm not supposed to. The biggest problem you can have in a multiplayer game is when I feel like it was an unfair death. If you beat me, you beat me. That's cool, right? I walked into your fire. I'd, I made a mistake. Your aim was more on target. But, you know, if I didn't even see you and I just insta-die... 
Yeah. That makes me well, well, just... I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I don't like lag compensation. Uh, in MW3, because of the way my ISP was, I was on the receiving end in about 95% of my games. But do you remember uh, COD 2, COD 4, how when you started lagging, you would like stutter step and teleport and your gun would infinitely reload? The, the problem is I like that. You guys, you guys are pro. You, yes, you like it. You guys are pros. We're YouTubers. We play COD all the time. We are the, the very top of the hardcore bunch. Especially me. The majority of the audience, the 95, 98% are not aware of lag compensation. We'll just say 80%. The bottom 80%. They don't even know what lag compensation is. Oh, the, oh, they just the, know that the look, new game, they don't stutter, they don't lag. It plays I happen, to have, I happen to have one of these new guys in the house. Hold up. Charlie, come here. <laughs> At least if you got that situation. He does not know you about lag compensation. We're going to ask questions. a better lobby and get a better connection with this. I love, yeah, when, I, when I'm rubber band, man, I go to a new lobby. I love wings so much. You, know, like, <laughs> this one, you, you have four bars, but you're getting, you know, you duck behind a, like a, you know, 50 foot building and you still die from a submachine gun. Just, okay, this is going to get interesting. We're going to meet Charlie. Come on, that shit can wait. Yeah, Charlie. Look at wings. He's like, right, that shit Charlie. can wait, Charlie. We got lag hey, comp talk. Charlie, put, you, put down the heart you're transplanting right now. Get your ass. In here, we're talking about higher compensation. You guys hear him? Uh, Mike, check. No. Talk, Charlie. Hello. We can hear him. Yeah, All right, Charlie. Wait, wait, wait. Is Charlie the shirtless man from the other day? No, the, Charlie. Uh, uh, Charlie's my cousin. All right. Have right. you ever come around a corner or went back into a corner and got killed? Yeah. Do you like that? No. Do you like the way COD Four played? Uh, yeah, a little bit better. Do, yeah. What do you like about COD Four? I don't like how you when you shoot somebody and then like they drop a grenade and they kill you and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him if he liked the COD in COD Four where you kind of jittered and teleported. Do, Ask him if he liked the lag one. better in COD Four. You know, you ever lag in COD Four and it like pulls you back or makes you reload your gun two or three times? Yeah. Would you rather have that or would you rather have dying around the corner? I'd rather have that on COD Four instead of the way you die on one. Well said. Boom! This is the demographic they're shooting for. Wings, that was actually really good. Like that guy, that guy did a fantastic job. I mean, like, I, I agree. I, somebody sub Charlie. <laughs> somebody, I don't know who. Or this is the demographic he's going for. He's about a, he's about a, a, a .8 player. He doesn't win all his games. He plays for fun. He uses the FAL with the target finder mainly, and he doesn't like the this this. Hit detection problem. They well not hit detection. Lag compensation problem. Black Ops Two is presenting us. You, you have, have to have just, a little bit. If you don't have a little bit of lag compensation, the hitboxes and the, the I understand lag compensation is required, but the COD Four and World of War both had lag comp and they yeah. work flawlessly. Well, here's so my I like MW Two is the best personally. MW Two was, was the best. You have you've all, yeah we've had lag compensation for a few years now, and I was talking to Ernest Lee on Twitter about this. Here's what I don't understand. Is why is it getting worse? And he said that it had to do with the hardware um, of the Xbox. Basically, you've got aging consoles, and so the network hardware on these consoles can't handle it. And I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of confused by that. I don't. That's I don't not really right. Understand. My Modern really Warfare Two still it. works just like it did when I popped it in back in 2000. Modern Warfare Two has a lower network overhead than Black Ops Two or Black Ops One. But the network overhead on these games is so tiny. They, they, they each have 100 megabit ports in the back, and the uses less than one megabit. They have a hundred times more than they need to handle the network traffic. But, but. They use the the CPU more than they ever did before, and the GPU. The, the box itself is really busy. I remember, I mean, now in the last couple of games, 
being a host can be a tricky thing. I, I would say starting Black Ops 1, the last three games, if you're a host, it's not the advantage that it used to be. And it might be because from a processing perspective, your Xbox or PS3 isn't as powerful compared to the requirements of the game. Halo 4 lately? Halo 4, I no. get about 25 or 30 FPS on a good day. Sometimes it drops down to 15. I'm playing on console. You play Battlefield on console. I forget what they capped it out at, but it's struggling. I mean... Xbox is how many years old now? Is it? It's not six, seven years old. I it's don't got, know. Is it Too old. Six, five, twelve megabytes of RAM. Okay, okay. So can anyone explain to me then why the netcode is less effective as time goes on? I, don't I, know. I just don't get it. I, it, I don't either. I don't know. One theory why is that. Make, what, what, why did they make the change? If the people they made the change for don't even like it, it's a I, copy paste a way of having a fantastic game. Yeah, you know it's. <laughs> I. I know the guys at Treyarch are working as hard as they can on this, right? They're probably doing all this analysis, and they're like, man, you know, every change makes it worse. Therefore, you know, we don't want to just change for change's sake. I, I'm sure they're doing their best. It's I, not a simple fix. I, I know you say it's right. copy-paste, like just slap the old code in there. but the Just code slap World of Wars code right on top but of it. It won't, it, won't, it won't go in quite that smooth. But the reality is even World at Wars code was relatively complicated, and you, you change one small thing, and it's, it's a big multivariable problem here. Joe, Joe. I don't. I, I'm. I'm going to jump in. I, I don't think it's a case of, of them intentionally changing the code. I, I'm sure that there's some kind of limitation. So I'm a computer science major. So I, I went to school for all that stuff, and I understand all the programming aspect of things. And I'm sure that they're not saying, "Oh, let's fuck everyone." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they would. They would love to have a lag-free game, but I, I'm sure that there's some kind of other limitation that you know that requires the game to do what it's doing. You know, I'm sure it's not a case of you know, uh, you know the there's probably so many people you know connecting at once. You know, I mean, Black Ops Two's got to be more popular than COD Four was at its peak. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of that goes into it. That, you know, I don't think it's a case of just changing it back to the old way or copying old code that's you know ten years old or five years old or whatever it is. I agree, and it's the engine too. It still runs off of a I think it's the Quake engine or modified version of the Quake engine, which does a lot of quirky things just on its own. Yeah. I'm, so, sure, how about... I'm sure that part of it too is that. You know, because the graphics are better, the box is working a lot more. You know, maybe the old code was much more processor intensive than the new code. So now they have more efficient, you know, lag computation code because they have to give and take because you have to have better graphics. If, if we wanted to have shit graphics like COD 4 was, I'm sure they could go back to that computation. How about we, how about we drop maps like Turbine and Express to uh, free up some of that space? Do you think that the Black Ops 1 graphics and the Black Ops 2 graphics... They're, they're, they're not that different. I, I honestly say it's, it's been improved. I went back and played Black Ops 1 when I was doing the grip testing, and it, I think Black Ops 2 looks better. I don't think it looks radically better. Each COD game, we get a marginal improvement on graphics. Yeah. They figure out how to yeah. do things more efficiently, but it's not Black like Black Ops 2 jumps. on the PS3 is the worst-looking Call of Duty yeah. ever. Well, well that's kind of what I was going to say, because for me, the Black Ops 1 netcode, um, for the most part, was was pretty darn functional. Compared to Black Ops 2, it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. There were still issues with it. It wasn't Modern Warfare 2. That was sort of the last golden hit detection lag sort of thing. But like, if you had a bad connection in Modern Warfare 2, you kind of knew it, and it happened once in a while, but it wasn't a regular thing. But Black Ops 1, I felt like, was pretty stable. Um, it, and it, so it, if there's only a marginal difference in graphics, and as far as the load on the CPU and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't really explain to me the giant <laughs> jump and lag from, from the first gonna bitch. People are going to bitch. If you don't have some kind of improvement... People are gonna bitch, so they're gonna, you know, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not that Ooh. big of a jump, but 
who, who, the, who the fuck are bitching about like the drop shot and like the being able to hear people's footsteps? Because Lock they seem to fuck those every damn day. How about yeah. jump shotting? You can't jump shot anymore hardly because now when you jump shot, you can't sprint afterwards. People jump shot me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I jump shot all the time. I mean, shit, I have a. I have a fucking scuff controller just so I could jump shot easier. Black <laughs> Two makes it so I can't jump shot as effectively as I could in like Modern Warfare well, Three. To be fair, Call of Duty is more of like a casual arcade shooter, but it's wrapped in this hardcore simulator sort of. This is real war story and presentation, and they have to give and take between what's fun and what's relatively realistic. And this time they just decided, you know what? Fuck jump shotting. That's too silly. But we'll give them something else. Like I just want to say this. Oh, you guys were talking about graphics. I found this funny. My COD 4 box. Does anybody remember this? At the top of the back of the COD 4 box, it says, the most photorealistic video game we've ever seen. It's from Game Informer. I remember that back in the day. That was just time. a funny little trip down uh, memory right. lane. Since we're bitching and I don't get I don't get to do this on my videos too often, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with snipers not having fucking hit sway? Like, if I get shot with an assault rifle, I'm killing birds and shit. But I could shoot a sniper eight times and it just black. It, it's the toughness perk. Previously, even without that was like toughness. Hard well, like I don't even use it, and they have no they have no flinch whatsoever. They're trying they're trying to make up for how bad they sucked in Black Ops One. <laughs> yeah, they were brutal in Black I mean, Ops. How many 1. times have you been fucking shit on by a guy with fast hands and a DSR? It, it's well, true. I'll tell you what, I'm going to test that. <laughs> I've got issues with snipers. I, I feel like if I get the jump on them. And it takes me whatever. Like let's say it takes five bullets to kill, so maybe I need to shoot ten to get five on target because of the recoil or whatever. Maybe I'm moving. Um, the sniper wins. He wins because he doesn't yeah. have any, you know, he doesn't have any reaction to being shot. Yeah, uh, every time the sniper never reacts to being hit. I, obviously, there was a jump mm -hmm. there. I remember seeing the jump, but it doesn't seem to affect his accuracy at all. Yeah, he's fine. Hey, should we talk about Brandy? The stream is going to kill Lefty. Do we have time? Brandy. It, it is 10 o'clock. Oh, I, I think we're out. <laughs> Wings like, oh, man. Give, oh, us, yeah. give, us, like, give us a 30-second rundown on Brandy. Yeah, so Wings, how long have you been dating Brandy here? Oh, shit. How did I actually go look that up? Uh, three months? You've been dating her for three months now? How did you meet yeah. her? Um, Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish? Oh, that's all. Dude, that's what... Nice. um. Dan from PKA used to – Dan from PKA had a half a dozen dating sites cooking at one time. And he would <laughs> he would say – he would have like different kinds of women frequent different kinds of dating sites. And uh, yeah, so any, Plenty of Fish, is that your go-to site or do you, do you have a couple rods well, in the water? <laughs> I didn't actually plan on meeting her. She actually messaged me mm -hmm. and oh, like I uh, just happened to have my profile there. When and you like, got that kind like, of swag, baby, this happens. You know, you left yeah. your swag on overnight and you wake up with this email. <laughs> yeah, I wake up with this email and we started talking, exchanged numbers and stuff and, you know, started texting and then you eventually met and it just one thing led to another. I mean, that's how pretty much everything happened. So is that were you with her when you missed that one PKA when you were just completely MIA? Did we ever yes. solve that mystery? <laughs> Wait. Wait, whoa, 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 back up, back up. You were with her and you were sleeping? Right. I had fell asleep at like 6.30, 6.45. Because that was a huge point of contention throughout the entire show. Yeah. You wanted to know where Wings was. People, like, at first it was a joke, and towards the end I was genuinely concerned about your safety. Hey, look here. What Bros before hoes. 
<laughs> you, did, you did the opposite. Anyway, well, I, yeah, I, unless I fall asleep, no, 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 unless we fall asleep after we screw, then then yeah, that goes before bros, and that's waves. I've got a question for you about the quality of your relationship. You can, it's just a yes or a no, and this will tell us how much you like this girl and how much she likes you. Are you comfortable farting around each other yet? Yes. But see, with that, me, that's, that's the first a date. Relationship. <laughs> that's oh, that's nice. the first date in Conway, South Carolina, baby. He's like, look, if you're going to get to know me, you need to smell my fart. Wait, hey. yeah, Wake farted in the truck ride to the restaurant. <laughs> but he was still a gentleman. He over to yeah. Wings farts on the truck ride on the way to the restaurant, but being a true gentleman, he carried her tray once he was there. <laughs> no, no it's, more, it's more like this. I, I don't try to hide farts because I don't see farts as like this impromptu thing. It's Damn a right. bodily, it's a bodily function, and it's like it's not like you won't do it too. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend or sit there and be uncomfortable because you think something like this. You know what I do? I'll fart and I'll put their head under the covers. <laughs> wow, well, my wife. Oh yeah, Dutch oven my wife is amazing. That. My wife doesn't gets that, so mad. Doesn't also, that lower your probability of a blowjob by like five million percent? <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. No, not, not with this girl. No. Oh my god, oh, she's nasty, huh? Yeah, she's. Uh, Keep going to bumpkin territory then. Oh, <laughs> she, she she is a uh, very. She's way more sexual than I am. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Good for her. Yeah. And you like I like she calls me the woman of the relationship because I'll be like not tonight. No, not right now. So <laughs> damn wings. Drifter move it. Drifter, who is he dating? What was that chick's name? Like Lilith. You've got yourself a modern day Lilith, man. <laughs> Let's hope you don't have to banish her from the garden. There you go. Uh the the only downside to her so far is um she gets she gets really emotional. Like she like I do, I do YouTube for, as a as a full time thing. You know, this is where the bread and the butter is made. Um, and sometimes YouTube takes more of my time than she would like. That's and like, yeah, I and it's you. something that I'm like, it's got to happen, especially like right now, especially now since we're going under these Dude, contracts. What do you upload? Right? Like 25 minutes of video a day? That's yeah, no work I mean, at all. You just play. <laughs> you work, render it out and upload. That's yeah, nothing. You, you work 25 minutes a day. Don't kid a kidder. I know the deal. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, but like even like right now, you got all this extra stress with contracts being renegotiated and stuff like that. And like she, I just got off the phone with a guy on PKA. It's like I really need to be here right now. I just can't go down there. I mean, I got to get my channel turned around. I got to get this contract stuff out of the way. I got to be here in case I need to be on a conference call. I yeah, YouTube is nonstop. To say that you work twenty five minutes a day is like saying Joe Lozon works forty minutes a year. No, the finished product is twenty five minutes a day. Joe Lozon works time. six months for like a ten minute match. <laughs> yeah, longer than that, longer. Yeah. yeah, I just had I just had a funny thought of of you said that you said that she's more sexually aggressive than you are, and uh, I just had I could just hear Jordy saying like. Take all my flags. Take all my flags. Dominate me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Take all my flags. She's got you know, that. You know how bad I'm against Russian now. We can't be Russian. He's a party. We got campus all out. Let's go ahead and get the tent. We'll make it out of the covers. Oh, you got a wall bang. Take my flags, baby. Come on. A man's running hard line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a spray and pray kind of guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but she, like sexually, she's great. Like she has like these nurse outfits, and she has like these mermaid. She has more outfits. than one nurse outfit. Oh, she has multiple. Like she used to be like this clown. She used to have her own business. <laughs> <as a clown. laughs> 
Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. She gave you a blowjob and you honk her little red nose. Yeah, but she she actually used to be a legitimate clown for like little kids and stuff. Oh now she's a preschool God. teacher, as opposed to and, like, a legitimate clown. And like she she has like oh a whole God. closet. She has two closets in her house: one for like the the naughty stuff, and one for like the regular stuff. <laughs> she has a whole oh, the regular closet? clown outfits, No, just the regular. Clown. <laughs> yeah, black oh, the naughty or clown clothes. outfits. Or <laughs> both. What are, what are some uh, other outfits that does she have? Oh my God, I wish I haven't really looked through them. I like really looked through them. There's like, I know, there's one that's like a Catholic school girl. She has the vampire one. She has the all leather dominatrix one. Does she have the Hyman Roth from Godfather Two costume? No, she has a German like uh, Nazi one though. What? Like, what? Like what? what? That's, that's good. What? That's good. Time out. She has a Nazi costume. And this does, is... okay. Now, does she dress up as a, as an Aryan and like racially dominate you or something? Is that so no, 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 no? It's more sexually than that. It's just, it's just like it's like this really loose. In the, it's like a navy blue kind of thing, but like an SS like logo on it and stuff. Wow. <laughs> Oh, so she's not Luftwaffe. She's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like the dirt German dominatrix. Aktum. <laughs> wow. Which is, a, which is incredible because she's like five foot nothing. She's like five foot one. <laughs> Wings, this is awesome. Okay, Wings, I have a question. Have you ever been chained up? Does she chain you to things? No, 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 no. What? No wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now you act like that's hardcore. Like, uh, but the Nazi, yeah, the Nazi. Yeah, dude, outfits. tying up is freaking easy stuff compared to the Nazi uniform and the, <laughs> and the multiple nurses. I've, I've been trying to get her on camera. I've been trying to get her on camera because she does this exorcist walk because she's wait, like double jointed in her you, ankles. Wait, hold back up a second. When you wait, say get her on camera, do you mean for YouTube or for RedTube? For YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was I was letting my wife uh, listen in on this on this earbud, and I missed a little bit of that. Did you say that she does a sexy exorcist walk for you? No, she can exorcist walk. Like she can like turn her feet around and walk forward with her feet backwards. Take that. And I've always wanted to videotape that and just put it on. Do it. You okay? You were talking about revamping your channel. Introduce her immediately. Go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You want go to and, and it also involves her in what you do, so you can spend more time doing YouTube, mm -hmm. or you can spend the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. and I mean, she's right. a kinky girl, and as long as you didn't disable the vibration on your scuff controller, you can do some very interesting things with these. I've seen people do that before. Here, here's here's the problem I have with it, though. It's a long term relationship. She is horrible with money. I mean, horrible with money. Like. She doesn't make the greatest money. She's a preschool teacher, so just don't give her she, any then. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to. If this I want is to your see money. This like is my money. Away. But like, like, oh my gosh, she is always broke. Right now, she doesn't have a phone because she couldn't afford to pay her phone. It's like, oh my lord. I have a question. Does she have a female MMA outfit? Like she can dress up. <laughs> no clue. She can, I have, no, I have not seen them. And we all. can make some very interesting videos. I, I have not seen them all. I mean, there's a closet. You haven't seen them all. It's got a whole I, closet, right? Is the closet legitimately that big that you have you have yet to it go is, through? In three months it's of probably about twelve feet long. Probably seriously. Please, probably, please tell me. Like, please tell me there's like whips. Open. Are there whips like, and things secret? hanging on the door? Let me know. No, I, no, I, there's no whips that's hanging in sight. But like, I, I don't really venture into the closet. Wings, have you made <laughs> a video about that closet? And you, especially if you could get some pictures of the outfits being tried on, either by you or I, her, that's like a million views. I can't wear her clothes. <laughs> uh, is she down? Could, for, could you for five hundred thousand views? 
I would try for five hundred thousand views. Does the does the the <laughs> Nazi costume have a have a hat or something? Oh yeah, it does. It does. Oh. It does oh. have one of those like there you go. Commentary wearing that bitch, dude. Dude, oh. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, you can do live comms of World at War with <laughs> Someone's got to do that commentary where they say, like, you know, my grandfather was this war hero. He fought in World War II, et cetera. And then they break out the co- the Nazi costume. Oh, <laughs> war hero. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess what's that? Yeah, the right. You know, he was at the Battle of the Bulge. He was here. He was there. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I've been trying to get her to integrate more into my channel more, just because I know people want to see it. Like nobody wants to see me going beast on people in domination. They want to see the real me, and like it's hard to integrate the real me into my channel. Would it help if I threw down the dance competition gauntlet? She would enjoy that. She loves that. She loves that kind of stuff and arts and crafts and anything that she can waste money on. She doesn't understand <laughs> saving money. I like how you like the girl in all these ways, but just like completely disrespect everything about her money. Dude, no, she is so bad. Like, like I'll, I'll be trying to help her. I'm like, all right, Brandy, here's what you got to pay here. Here's what you pay here. You got to take this money right here and put it in the bank. Do not touch it. When I go back the next day, she'll have like a skirt that lights up or some bullshit. Dude, I, <laughs> completely. My mom was the same way. Uh, like it, she could, she, she had at times hundreds of thousands of dollars at her disposal and it would just <laughs> fit her away to nothing in a week. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? $100,000 in a week, I'd have a heart attack. Well, it was in Dubai. Put me on the stretcher. It was an example, but like some people are just like that. You, they just You just can't teach them. It's just like, oh, I've got a dollar. I'm going to buy something that costs a dollar, $2 and put it on credit. But, you like just right now, money and they Gone. Right now she had her car needs brakes, and I'm trying to teach her to the, the, pay for the brakes herself and how she does it. I'm like, all right, I can pay for your brakes, or you can pay for your brakes. You want to be a big girl? We're paying for your brakes. You need to set, set, ration off money out of your check each week for that brake job. And how's that going? Very poorly. I'm going to pay for the motherfucking brakes. Something's not connecting there. It's yeah. not... I'm gonna pay for the breaks. I'm gonna have to do. See, I'm kind of the same way because you know what? Sometimes games go on sale on Steam, and I just gotta do it because <clears throat> screw it. You should you, you should get her to make a new bank account, and if, if she gets paid by direct deposit, you can like force the pay to split. And some accounts have like you can only withdraw once or twice a month, and you can kind of force her. to You don't save trust somebody day. you met three months ago with that kind of information, dude. Well, I'm talking about you convince her to do it on her end, not like yeah your stuff. Yeah, you're you're trying to help her. You're gonna. He's just gonna end up paying for the break job. I, we all know that's where it's going. Yeah. Yep. Okay, We're just gonna I be talking to him. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, tomorrow I'm about, I'm fitting to go pay for this chick's break." Have to make another video. There you go. <laughs> I need donations, motherfuckers. I just got pay cut. Come on now. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So wings, did you take the pay cut and stay with Machinima? I have not decided yet. I am in that transition period where I'm weighing my options and. I mean, it's feasible. Like, I can still live off what they won't want to pay me. Gotcha. It's just, just going to be less money going into the savings account. I understand that completely. Uh, I'm I'm in the position. Right now, I'm actually uh, moving over to IGN. Yeah. Um, I, there, there's two big contenders. And uh, see, the, it's right now, it's between IGN and full screen. Cool. If I move. If I move. You guys are saying IGN. Do you mean Atomic? 
like that. Uh, Atomic uh, IGN partner. Yeah, Atomic, yeah, Atomic Partners. And I mean, uh, no, uh, TGS is good too. Have you guys uh, read into the smaller networks? And I don't mean to insult them. I have read into they, them. They make crazy, scary offers and do really strange things. I've ran into fake networks. I ran into a guy pretending to be the CEO of the other network, and he was just like trying to convince me to sign nonsense documents and just the crazy. And that's stuff. one reason why I'm. I'm going with those two because I've had a couple of those crazy, crazy, stupid offers, and I'm like, this can't be right. You can't have money with this. Yeah, they make <laughs> offers that are so insane. I'd be making like six digits a month, and it's like this just seems fake. Like I, this would be great if I was yeah. like a, an L.A. Laker or something, and I'm like <laughs> scoring sixty points a game. And you look at the hub channel, and you're like, so your hub channel has two hundred subscribers, and it's twelve <laughs> views a video, and mm-hmm. you're offering me, which I can't talk about, ten times more than what I was making. Where does this money come from? Do you have a money tree? Do you have a goose <laughs> that lays eggs? <laughs> Can you please hook me I, up with this? I like when my contract makes sense for both parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. It's crazy. Um, is that a wrap on the show? Well, you know what I want to end it with, Joe Lozon. What? Do you have your um that picture of your grandfather on the iPhone right next to you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'll Can we that. see it? Uh, yeah. Hang on. Oh, I thought she had an actual picture in her frame of his father on an iPhone. <laughs> this is, look, so so Joe, look straight to the camera when you do this. It this is where the ears come from, man. This is epic. Uh, no pressure, Joe. I, I always thought was like always thought were like like something that was integrated in his training. No, he, so now we know why Joe broke. No, I was trying to be I was trying to be an asshole and make a bad joke about his ears. <laughs> Like they were there to stop him from getting knocked out because they slowed the fall down or something. All right, so wait a minute. Wait it's, it's, it's glaring. It's glaring. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to hold on. I'm turn off the light, maybe. All right. Uh, I turn it. Turn it kind of on it. Turn tilt it to the side a little bit. Uh, kind of work. I can see the right ear. Yeah, I see the right ear. Oh, there it is. You see it? There it is. Wow. <laughs> That's where the ears come from, right there. Wow. Oh, hell. He, he better oh, not wow. be like, that ain't my baby. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's the one it's with like the doctor. Flow, like, you man. really want me to do this test? <laughs> uh, all right, man. That was Painkiller Already, episode 120. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you.